Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Introducing the all-new Hyundai Staria Load. It's got loads of everything your business needs to grow. Back to work with Blunstons and Toby Price. Win a VIP Fink Desert Race Adventure. Summer Drive on SEN. Summer Drive on SEN with thanks to Hyundai, all new Hyundai Story Load fits in everything and Blundstone. Back to work with Blundstone and Toby Price, Max Rushton and Mark Bosnich, the greatest goalkeeper Australia has ever known with me until 6pm. Bozza, how are you? Good afternoon, Maxi. Good afternoon, everybody listening. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Um, okay. Absolutely buzzing today. Um, watched the old firm derby this morning uh, between Celtic and Rangers and boy, what a performance that was from Ange Postacoglu's team. 3-0 and 3-0 at halftime. And now uh, one point clear with 14 games to go. Still a long way to go, obviously. Um, but with the atmosphere of the crowd there at Celtic Park, there was over 60,000. Uh, and the performance they put in the first half, uh, it was a wonderful way to start the day. Uh, I mean, it was a great performance. Uh, Ria Hatate. I mean, what yeah. a br- his, his, the second goal was a thing Super. of beauty. I know not everyone who listens to the radio station yeah. is a massive soccer fan, but they appreciate beauty in yeah. sport. And it was just one... What are you laughing at, Gibbo? What's that? What are you laughing at already? <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, he's not going to tell us. It's yeah. a secret as well. This is exciting. Gibbo, welcome to the program. Yeah. G'day, Max. G'day, Bozza. Yeah. Ben, how are we con- doing, boys? Con- Gibbo, Gibbo and Ben. Is it- you know, at school, Gibbo, when someone mm. you know laughs and you said the teacher says, "What is that? Do you want to share it with the class?" and you go, "Nothing." It was just something mm. funny at break time. Is that what that was? Are you are you focused fully on this radio program? Are oh, you, are you Max, giving this one hundred percent? No, I was listening intently to what okay, you said. Yeah. You said what something about, about people on this station may yeah. not be interested in football. Now that was yeah. something that I may have made offhand <laughs> remarks to you earlier in the day, and I'm happy that you're regurgitating in the first two minutes of the show. But thanks. Welcome to the what show. I'm talking, what I was talking about there, Gibbo, is the artistry of sport, right? Mm. And the thing about everyone who listens to SEN is they're a sports fan of some kind, unless they're very lost. Um, and there is beauty in all <laughs> sport, right? There is the absolute, you know, the beauty, and it pains me to say it, of the way that Mitchell Stark ball swung into Rory Burns' leg stump. That was yeah. sheer beauty, wasn't it? The sheer beauty yes. of David Campese dropping the shoulder getting round the wing and just, you know, and scoring a try. That sort of beauty. The beauty of Ellery Hanley running for Wigan or whoever he played for. You know, <laughs> not, my, not an area of expertise for me. The beauty no, no, of no, that no, am, Constantino yeah. Rocker putt on the 18th at St. St. Andrews to take it to a playoff where he beat the ground in tears. And that goal yesterday, that second goal for Celtic, uh, who are being managed brilliantly by Ange Postacoglu uh, from mm. Hatate, the signing, he, uh, his latest Japanese signing, was a thing of beauty, boss. That's what it was. Very, very true. And you've uh, you captured some wonderful sporting moments. We could go on all afternoon, best. actually, yeah. about... Yeah. Actually, if anyone wants to ring in and say five most beautiful sporting moments, in their opinion, five? that they've witnessed five? in their life... Well, cool. okay, I, I, I always a little bit over-elaborate. Let's go for okay. three. Um, but uh, they can do uh, one. If they want to give it... If they, I, wanna, if they want to do it 
but we need artistry. You can't just ring up and go. Artistry? No, you can't. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we want poetry, right? What we want from the listeners, because you and I have trained them well enough now, Buzz. Right. I think so. By Thursday, they've moved I think on. That, that, that they've moved it. on from the sort of you know what Joel and Fletch were you know the, what they were what Joel yeah. and Fletch were asking for them. Right. We, we've got to a higher plane now. And, yes. Yes. And so what we want, yeah. if you want to ring up and say the 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 piece when sport became art, I could do that. Yeah. That's a good one. One three hundred zero one eleven seventy can be any sport. Just a moment yeah. when it it became art. One three hundred zero one eleven seventy. And actually, the quarter of the day. Uh, with thanks to RSEA, massive back-to-work savings race, into RESEA safety. We'll win a pair of Blundstone boots. So if you describe Beautiful. your favourite moment of sporting art so well that you win the quarter of the day, you'll get some Blundstone boots, Buzz. And that's what a joyous Beautiful. thing that would be. Excellent, because every time you think Bloodstone, you think oh. art. And you think boots as well. Although there is huge <laughs> pressure. Buzz, I must say, there is extraordinary yeah. pressure on us today. Um, there's, there's broadcasting that's, that's the only pressure. way we have it. We embrace that. Yeah, we well, embrace that. I, do you know? Do you want to know why the, there's pressure? Please. Well, the show, it, judging by the st- the text board in front of me, um, mm. the show uh, that happened before us, and just in case, I should probably turn the volume off the cricket. By the way, Australia fifty three for one uh, mm. <laughs> in the 14th over. <laughs> uh, Rachel Haynes and Alyssa Healy batting really quite well, and looks like you're going to mm-hmm. stuff us. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that. The show before us was doing the tech subject, who's your favourite, Brian? And I don't think, however hard we work, I'm not sure we're going to better that. I I thought maybe we could do who's your favourite, Ryan. I mean, it seems similar, but there's a subtle difference. Very similar. Very similar. So that's why there's a lot of pressure on us in broadcasting terms here to deliver. Yeah. Because they've gone straight to... Yes. It must be said, and and uh, and I apologise for interrupting. It's very difficult, obviously, when I'm not in the studio with you. I'm I'm mm. here on the microphone for those who are listening and saying, "Let him speak, Mark." Well, I am, but it's just hard to to see this on the Zoom. However, that although the Brian thing was excellent, it's still mm-hmm. very abstract. This mm-hmm. is something a little bit more centred, a little bit more focused, right? Uh, a little bit more putting the crosshairs right on something absolutely particular, i.e., the most beautiful poetic moment that you guys have witnessed in sport this is not like a name or something like that this right. is like a situation that's give you tingles down your back and yeah. maybe tears to your eyes exactly when it made you cry so it is a step up it's one tiny step up from who's your favorite brian to when mm. sport you're right made the hair on the back of your neck stand up it made it mm. brought tears Do you know the last time it made me cry was I'm a Cambridge United fan. We are in League One in in uh, the English football pyramid. We are mid-table there. So we're we're basically about the 65th best team in the country, right? And we went to Newcastle United and we won 1-0 in the FA Cup in the third round. And it was, that was early in the morning because that's what you have to do. They they put sport they put soccer on really early in the morning here for some reason. It was five o'clock in the morning. And he scored a goal and then the full time whistle went. And it panned up to our crowd, our fans in St. James's Park, 50,000 fans. There were 6,000 Cambridge fans there. And I, and I shed a tear. And it was, a, yeah. it was an absolutely beautiful yeah. sight. Yeah. Um, I actually got so, quite, a, quite emotional on um, oh, Sunday night stroke Monday morning uh, yeah. to see Rafa Nadal um, winning those five sets in that Australian Open final. And to know, you know what he'd come through and the fact that you know, he, you know, he, he may not have played at the beginning of December ever again. 
um, at the CDF that he put in coming from two sets down um, and the story behind that. I, I actually got very emotional. I, I thought that was a wonderful moment. And those are the type of moments we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. but you're right. Uh, Hatate's goals. I think Abada got the other one. But uh, yeah, th those moments are, are very, very special and very, very few and far between in sports. Spanky says the uh, Clint Dempsey chip, Fulham 4, Juve 1. Good God, what a win. What a goal that was. Speaking yeah. of uh, uh, US soccer, have you seen they played Honduras uh, overnight? They won 3-0, but they were yeah. playing. It was so cold, right, that their goalkeeper had was lent cold weather gear by the Minnesota Vikings. Do you want to hear everything he wore as a goalkeeper? I don't know the most, I don't know the most amount of clothes you wore when you played. He had hand and insole, yeah. hand and insole warmers. He had, Boz. Yeah. He had yep. a, uh, a little pouch, uh, quarterback pouch for a goalkeeper. He put his hands in to keep them warm. He had topical heating cream, which sounds slightly mm -hmm. sinister, doesn't it? Yep. Uh, a heated vest, um, uh, a heated seat warmer the substitutes had, and uh, hot cider and tea. That's what mm. they had in that in that weather. Mm. You mm. with me? Amazing. Did that excite yeah, you? Yeah, I know, completely yeah. with you. I'm trying to think, as you're saying that, yeah. I'm trying to think about the time that um, the coldest I ever was. I think the, the coldest I ever was, but I, I had tracksuit pants on, but I'm sure at half time. No, I'm not sure. I know. I'm just looking through my diaries here. At half time, I was told um, by Sir Alex, or he, he wasn't Sir Alex, but it was Alex, Alex first. It was an A League game. He used to come to watch him, to be fair to him, at the Cliff training ground every Saturday morning against Liverpool. We were 1 0 down at half time. Actually, Alan Hansen, I got here, and Steve Staunton were playing for Liverpool. And oh, yeah. the wind, we were against the wind. And he told me at half time that if I was not to take those tracksuit pants off immediately, that he would send me on Monday to Aberdeen on loan. And he would make sure that I would train and play uh, in shorts for the rest of my time there. And uh, and if you couldn't handle that, you I will send you back to Bondi Beach. Anyway, I've got here second half. We came back and won five one, and I've got consequence of taking off the tracksuit pants was yeah. my mouth froze over. So there you go. How is your mouth connected to your trousers? <laughs> well, I don't know, but you know a lot of people used to say you keep your hands, <laughs> and you keep your feet warm, your whole body's warm. But I, I I'm just going here. I remember, look, I've got here mouth froze over in the second half, and <laughs> now can understand. Um, why people uh, in England have accents because obviously different parts of the country, mm. your mouth was frozen over way back when in a different type of way. <laughs> um, now, do you want to know what's coming up on the program? Uh, today? I do. And I, I'm we, sure our listeners do as well. Brooksy's not been around. Brooksy's been producing uh, uh, breakfast. So that show probably had no content. Uh, producer Ben yeah. has come from breakfast to drive. He comes armed with sports news and content. <laughs> yeah. a very we never knew it happened before on SEN. Normally under Gibbo's watch, there's nothing in the show. You get there, you try, you text in some ideas. They go, we don't need that. We just want you to chat about anything. Just play guess who for three hours. That's all we need. But producer Ben is a professional. He's, uh, Gibbo, would you say he's you know he's a more important part of the SEN family than yourself, or, or how would you feel it? Oh, without a doubt, a hundred percent. If yeah. SEN was full of Bens, I yeah. think we'll be going north. If they were right. full of me's, we would yeah. be would be going south. Yeah, but what oh, about what would the ride think, be I don't like? Think that, yeah. Oh, I don't the ride think would be phenomenal. It'd be the best <laughs> yeah, ride in exactly. town, that's for sure. Bozza would be there. That's I, for I sure. think you. Yeah, Gibbo, you're selling yourself short. There's no, there's no doubt. Uh, if there was more Bens, it would go completely north. But mm. if there was more Gibbos, it would go north as well. Only, only sort of question would be who would go further north quicker. That's all. Mm. Well, Bozza, that's. High praise, and I hope that I can 
live up to those lofty highs. Do you know what well, happened? You have already. Because, you have already. Because, um, yeah. I'm, t- I'm, I'm trying to recondition people here in Australia mm. to be able to take a compliment well. I've told this to Max. Max had yeah. a little bit of an issue with it as well. <laughs> Do you want to give um, it a try I just now? Think give, it's, it, give it a try. Give it well, a try. I, I, I told you and I told you the other day as well, yeah. your eloquence and yeah. your subtlety yeah. and nuance yeah. when you present shows and your control that you have as exhibited this mm. week. Yeah. Um, in, on several occasions, is second to none. And Thank I you. can say that, and I'll tell you why, yeah. because I've worked tell 12 years now in this business. Okay, so I worked 20 years in the football business, so I, I can say that. I yeah. can say that with authority Thank and you. with the knowledge that I played with and against the best and also won four major trophies. Same here now after 12 years, I can start saying I haven't had as much experience in media as I have had in football, but after 12 years, you can start picking up those things. You can do Max now if you want, Bozza. <laughs> well, I don't give up because Gibbo, uh, because yeah. Boz's rants yesterday made it uh, uh, national news. Um, um, we both did actually, Boz, because I was discussing the yeah. perennial crisis uh, of Australian soccer uh, on the Guardian yeah. Football Weekly podcast, and all of Australian yeah. soccer Twitter have picked that up and have sort of they're, they're, they're soothing me now. They're saying, "Welcome, you've you finally made it. Now you've realised about the ex- ex- external crisis, the existential crisis." That surrounds Australian mm. soccer. Your quotes were picked up by the national press, weren't they, Boz? We are we're setting agendas well, here. Yeah, and you know what? And I would, like I said, if I was early in my tenor in working in the media, I'd go, okay, that's great. But this is one now where I'm going to actually just moderate this compliment you just gave, mm. and to say words are not enough anymore in terms of Australian football uh, or Australian soccer, whatever you want to call it. It's time for action, and and we need to put in action some of the things that I touched upon yesterday and there are people in the game that can do it this is coming down now so in other words we have the skills set to do it we have the contacts to do it it's now coming down to the will what are you prepared to do are you prepared to go all the way and really give it a crack or are you forever just going to sit back here and say oh you know potentially potentially australian football potentially this but that's all i've heard you know what and funny enough i used to hear it before i left for england back in 1988 Oh, you know what? Potentially sleeping giant. Well, I'm sorry, but the sport, you know, the sport's been going since 1881. So, um, you know, potential is over. The time is here and the time is now. And you know what? And you do your very best to fulfill that potential as quick as you can. And if it falls short to the other sport, then so be it. Yeah. Don't worry about other sports. Just worry about yourself and getting your own house in order. Um, now, your run there was very good. It was very good yesterday. But before the show, Gibbo gave himself all the credit because he asked you a question. (laughs) He said at the top of the show, what do you reckon of Australian soccer? And he thinks, had he not asked that question, you wouldn't have said anything. So, frankly, it's all down to Gibbo that SEN made the papers yesterday in Gibbo we trust without him. I think this show, it would have would have been nothing. We'd have just been sat here playing Guess Who. You'd have just been yelling <laughs> Natalie and Brulia at me for three hours. Coming up on the show today, um, uh, Dr. Alan Pierce is going to join us very shortly. Concussion expert uh, following on from the very sad news uh, that Panthers legend Roy Simmons has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Uh, he is not the first rugby league player. He's not the first uh, rugby player of many codes. Uh, there's uh, it, It's happened in soccer as well. There is a huge problem with concussion in sport. It'd be fascinating to hear what he has to say about how seriously the sports in Australia are taking this. Uh, the Sydney Sixter, Sixer, 
Justin Navandano, keen fisherman, we discovered last week when we weren't on. Apparently, they did a show without us. It's very upsetting. Yeah. Um, but they have to stay on air, I guess. They can't just play tone. They, they That's what they do. should do. They but do. I understand yeah. when we're away, when we can't be bothered, someone else has to fill the airtime. Um, he's going to come on and talk about fishing for some reason. He likes it. Uh, we're going to talk about Western Sydney Wanderers and uh, active fans. It's a strange phrase. It's not one I've ever heard before. There are no such things as passive fans, really, in the UK. You're all active. You're there. Yeah. Yell and shout. England taking another wicket, uh, which is good. Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, 60 for two. Two for 60, as you would say. Uh, Sean Omrod yep. joins us from Sportsbet. There we are, all the things in the show. Um, uh, ben has yep, written a whole super. list of things that are happening in the world of sport. The one day is on, two for 60. Uh, England won the toss, put Australia in. We'll keep you posted there. The uh, Manuka Oval in Canberra, the, uh, the ground made out of Manuka honey. is incredibly expensive. Uh, yeah, honestly, it's like a zillion dollars a pot, isn't it? Uh, we've already discussed that Celtic win. Um, Pat Cummins refused to endorse Justin Langer um, for a contract extension. All I did hear, and I don't know if it's apocryphal, if it's true or not, but I saw Ali Martin from The Guardian tweeting this, that Justin Langer refused to take a six-figure bonus while other people uh, in the Cricket Australia setup were losing their jobs because of COVID. And that is the sign of a good man. And uh, lots of people in the ECB took lots of bonuses, and we're rubbish. So uh, credit to uh, Justin mm. Langer for that. Uh, Novak Djokovic reportedly set to complete uh, a, a vaccination backflip. Um, uh, mm. I, I wouldn't do like three hours after I got Moderna, I couldn't have done a backflip. I tell you that I was. <laughs> that. Um, I don't know if that's true, but interesting to see if Novak does that. Um, yep. So there's plenty. Make of those, some inquiries those, about that. Those are things. Ben put those on a piece of paper, so I thought I'd read them out. Otherwise, you know, he's had a wasted day. We've achieved it. You know, he's <laughs> Ben is silent until the debrief. He's a very, he's, you know, he's a hands off. Yeah, yeah. He's just, you know, he's, he's like let you go. Brooksy wants to get involved, but Ben is just, he's just laid yeah. back there. He is just having a night. Yeah. He's done his job. It's up to us now, Bod, yeah. to bring this Correct. piece of paper to life, and that is what yeah. we are doing. Um, the text yeah. number is 0457-736-736, the Ryko Filters call line, one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. 1170 We want you to ring up. Uh, we don't know how we got onto this subject, but just the moment that sport became art. Just We want some poets on the show today. We believe in you. Yeah. Um, I bet you can call about anything else you like. Best call of the day wins some Blunston boots. So, you know, if you're the first person, you might be the only one, just ring up and just say your favourite Brian. You might get a pair of boots. Uh, we'll be back in one second to do some other things. Introducing the all-new Hyundai Staria Load. It's got loads of everything your business needs to grow. Back to work with Blunston's and Toby Price. Win a VIP Fink Desert Race Adventure. Summer Drive on SEN. Uh, this is the Workwear Group Trading Hour. Thanks to Trojan Tools, built tough exclusively at Bunnings Warehouse. Uh, the Australians struggling a little bit. Three for 64 now. Uh, Beth Mooney is coming with uh, Alyssa Healy. Healy's batting pretty well. But yeah, three wickets, three early wickets for England in uh, the one day. Ash is still alive, the women's Ashes. At the moment, but it's all right. I'm sure you'll win it. Uh, Max Rushton, Mark Bosnich, uh, with you until six. Uh, let's talk to Tim in Riverwood. How you doing, Tim? I'm going well. How are you? Yeah, very well. well. Thanks, thanks, Tim. Uh, thanks for ringing. Important Good. A little position. bit of art in sport. Ah, that's what we want. Come right. on. Let's, let's have some poetry now, Tim. Sweet. Let, let's paint a picture then, all right? So we're on a basketball court. Your yeah. team's down by one. You've got one guy that you can give the ball to while the clock's counting down. He grabs the ball, dribbles to his right-hand side, brushes the defender with a step back and makes the most beautiful jump shot of his career, which was the last shot of his career, the great Michael Jordan, his final jump shot. 
I think that was an artistic moment in sport. And if you look up the poster they made of it, I reckon they could hang it in the Louvre. That is uh, beautiful. And he said Louvre there yep. with the a VRE on the end, not not just in the Louvre. But it's a lovely, um, yeah. it is a beautiful show. I mean, that was beautifully <laughs> done, Tim. That was eloquent. That's exactly yeah. what we want. It's almost That's like exactly, we primed that, you. That, that we say we didn't set that exactly up. What we want. Yeah. Tim is a, yeah. it's just a, he's a caller. You know, he's, he's not, uh, he's, he's not a poet. And as, are you a poet, Tim? Uh, no, just a battler. Ah, there we are. There you you know, but the picture is, the picture as but well of Michael Jordan. And what they've done in some of the pictures is they've, they've, they've put everyone else in black and white and just him in that red, yeah, iconic red one. kit. And it yeah. is brilliant. It's about that five seconds left. And the ball is at its Beautiful. absolute perfect height. Lovely call, Tim. Thank you, mate. There you go. Thanks, Tim. Everyone. Oh, wonderful yeah, stuff. Tim encapsulated exactly what Max and I are asking for. Yeah, something yeah. absolutely. Like, you know, when somebody says a real ting of beauty. Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like we don't need to do the rest of the show. It's like, Tim, we can't. How can we well, improve from that? How can we improve from I, that well, description? You can always, you can go further, but I mean, I'm all for if you want to take a quick vote with uh, with Ben and Gibbo. If uh, should we boy, should we uh, stop the show we right now, home? guys? Should we not? carry on? What do you reckon, Gibbo? Carry on. Yeah, Ben. ben I'd your be happy thoughts? for an early mark. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, what happens? Right, what happens if we go? Oh, we can just play two hours of Natalie and Brulia if you want. Okay, really good. Right. Anyway, so look, thanks so much for your time. Really enjoyed your company today, Max Rushton. Uh, Boz, we'll day. see you tomorrow. Thank tomorrow you so at much. three o'clock. Me and Mark yep. Bozic will be back on SEN. Yeah, and just before we go. <laughs> you listen to Drive on SEM, Max Rushton, Mark Bosnitz with you until six. Um, you may have heard in the sports news, uh, in the news with April, the uh, Penrith Panthers legend Roy Simmons um, confirmed the sad news that he's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Uh, not the first rugby league player, uh, not the first rugby player, uh, or the first sportsman, of course. Uh, it's always incredibly sad when you hear that news. Um, uh, they released a statement on the Panthers website where he said he wasn't sure if the disease was linked to multiple concussions he'd suffered throughout his career he became concerned when he forgot that his wife had purchased a bottle of wine just minutes after they'd left the shop uh, the moment led to the uh, uh, rugby league legends to see a neurologist last june um some quotes from him saying that the doctor said you had a few concussions over the years there are a couple of white marks which may have been from the concussions um, and I'm thinking that's good, just a couple of marks from concussions. Then he pointed to another part of the brain and said, around here, that's all Alzheimer's. It was like someone had knocked me off my feet. The rest of the appointment is just a blur. I was so shocked, even though in the back of my mind, I was worried something might show up. Um, he's going to do a, a charity walk, um, a 10-day walk, 300 kilometers. Uh, will arrive at the Blue Bet Stadium for the Panthers clash with North Queensland on May the 27th. Um, going to raise money for research. Let's talk to Dr. Alan Pierce, concussion expert, neurophysiologist, uh, researching uh, brain injury in sports. Uh, Alan, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me on. Um, whenever you hear a story like this, what's what's your immediate reaction? Oh, it's it's always uh, very sad and and tragic, but uh, one that is uh, you know becoming a bit more common nowadays rather than the exception. So. Uh, yeah, it's certainly a, a, a sad, uh, sad story. Um, we've heard, you know, this isn't the first time, of course, Steve Mortimer, um, Paul Brooks mm. legend in 2021. I spoke about Steve Thompson, an English Rugby Union World Cup winner who's only 43, uh, who can't remember mm. winning the World Cup. Are, I mean, is rugby league taking this seriously now? That's the, the key. World well, rugby are, are definitely, you know, 
making moves and, and making uh, steps forward on on understanding that there you know there is a concern, especially with as you said, Steve Thompson in the UK and Alex Poppins another one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there is there is certainly and they do have a, a very you know structured education program um, around concussion in sport as well. So you know there are certainly moves, but I think it's also uh, in in response to the uh, the pending uh, class action over there too. Mm. Uh, doctor, uh, our sport, football, uh, soccer, if you like, uh, at mm. the moment there's a parliamentary inquire, inquiry uh, in the UK uh, about concussion from heading. Um, mm. it, what, what What is the way forward really in, in from a health perspective in, in terms of our sport with the heading, in terms of the, the rugby sports with the head clashes and, and AFL? Realistically, mm. What do you think, in your opinion, we need to do to make sure that uh, that there are less and less of these things going forward? Yeah. So I guess one of the, to start off with, one of the things about soccer, because a lot of people say, well, I'm not going to let my kids play soccer, uh, sorry, rugby or football um, because of a concussion issue. But what we are seeing in terms of risk of dementia is not necessarily concussions per se, but rather head trauma. So it could be the heading of the ball, it could be the tackles, it could be the bumps going to the ground where you don't get any overt symptoms or signs of concussion, um, but there is certainly forces going through to the brain tissue, which is a very delicate tissue. Um, And so one of the things that we're seeing from the uh, research worldwide is that this is a a concern around exposure. So with the parliamentary inquiry, with, uh, you know, and as a result of that, um, uh, football or soccer football is, is now... Uh, looking at reducing heading in uh, junior players up to the age of 12 years of age. Um, in America, they're, in certain states, they're reducing co- um, uh, contact uh, football until the age of 14. Um, and I think also in, in the UK, they're reducing in rugby um, as much uh, collision um, training as well, down to about 15 minutes per week. To try and reduce this exposure, so this is one of the these are the things that we, um, you know, are seeing uh, worldwide in in response to the the growing concern. There is a with rugby union or league. There is an issue mm. that the big hits are something that the fans go to see. If you talk to mm-hmm. you know a lot of people about you know the the thrill of watching that sport, it is about that, and we need mm. to have a serious conversation about. Can you play that sport? A bit like taking heading out of soccer. Can you? I can't imagine a soccer match without people heading it, but that is something we have to try. Do we have to try, you know, the, the thought for, you know, dyed-in-the-wall rugby league fans of taking big hits out of the game, of making it touch rugby. You know, I can imagine people listening going, well, that's not why I love this sport. But is that a serious conversation we need to be thinking about having? I think it's a conversation that definitely needs, needs to be, be had. Um, but you know, let's let's put this in context in terms of boxing and and um, you know, mixed martial arts and combat sports, which mm-hmm. are more popular than ever. But what what uh, is is happening there is well, two things. One is obviously addressing the issue of of full contact in children and ad- young adolescents, where the brain is still developing. Um, you know, and if you are now a, an adult, well, you're free to to play the sports and participates in the sports that you want completely. You know, no one's here to stop any of that sort of stuff. So that's something that we, you know, could put into the conversation. The other part too is after the the big hit that does floor an athlete, we need to have a better uh, management of the athlete. Going back one week after is not good enough. Going, thinking that 12 days is long enough 
um, is a miscommunication of the sport. So 12 days, for example, is the minimum time out before they actually start to get to that graduated return to play. So extending it out to hopefully 18 or 20 days rather than everyone thinking that after 12 days you're out of out of the concussion jail, as I, as I call it. Um, so we need to have better ways of, of also determining when someone is ready to return to play because what the research, the science is telling us is that symptoms recovery or, or becoming asymptomatic and having no symptoms is not a good indicator of brain, full brain recovery. And my research that I've done has shown that there is disparity between symptom resolution and and what is happening in the brain from a processing and a physiological response. And so we need to get better methods to become more objective as well. So there's a few things that we need to discuss in, in, in uh, the overall conversation. Do we need to have independent doctors at the sideline of all these sports? In soccer, you know, you have concussion substitutions, but we saw in the African Cup of Nations, Sadio Mane knocked out cold, stayed on the pitch, scored a goal, went off at half time because he was completely out, played five yeah. days later, played again in the semi final last night. Um, in rugby, I don't know if the situation is, is how similar it is, but obviously, you know, big coaches of these teams want their best players on the pitch. Right. And if you say you're concussed, you know, if if it's a team doctor, he's under pressure from his own manager to say, you know, we need him to stay on. So, you know, ask him what day it is, ask him if he knows who the prime minister is and then get him back on. Do we need independent medics at every elite sport? My, my opinion is yes, because simply because of that reason where it is very easy for coaches, uh, administrators um, to put pressure on the, on, the, on the doctor to rush them back. And even you know, we even see research where athletes are, tr- are pressuring their doctors to go back. And so this puts a lot of undue pressure on the doctor to actually sign them back on, whether they agree or not. And, and it is really, un, unfair, I think, unfair on, on the club doctor. So having an independent doctor who really is only looking at the, the facts, then that will, that will also take some pressure off the club doctor as well. Um, but similarly, if we can get some um, objective biomarkers that can show that the, that the player is still concussed, even though they're saying they're fine, and it's more than just waving a finger in front of their eyes or... or or uh, you know, just getting them to walk on a straight line. Um, you know, we need to get some really good technology in there as well, and uh, science to help the doctor with a more confident, um, you know, uh, diagnosis to return to play. And doctor, as as a parent of a five year old boy and a ten year old girl, and I'm sure there's a lot of parents listening to this, and and both of them play uh, soccer, stroke football. Um, so, what are your suggestions then, up until the age of twelve, in terms of how much heading that they do each week? Yeah, and, and, you know, I think the first thing is play, you know, definitely play. We don't want to, uh, you know, put any, any kids into cotton wool. But, you know, if there are things that we can do to try and reduce the exposure to brain trauma, then, you know, reducing the number of headers per week, maybe using a lighter ball. I believe, you know, there's a, um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's developed a lighter ball that possibly could help with some fundamental skills of heading without the associated um uh, trauma to the brain. Um, so there's a, mm-hmm. a number of things that can be done um, in terms of modifying the sport and, and maybe not having a header in um, in full competition for kids up to 12 years of age. And, you know, uh, over over in uh, Britain, they, they did actually did do a uh, uh, an exhibition game that was no headers at all. And, and uh, it, it went very well, I believe. Um, mm. And another another question, another important part of mm. this, right, is money. And you mentioned that class action 
a uh, number of rugby players in the UK. Um, we've seen with the NFL, people might have seen that film Concussion, right, about whether it is an industrial disease. It is a workplace disease, something you didn't know at the time, and then you played for a number of years, and now you have serious illness because of it. Is that, you know, so a position where lots of people are worried about getting sued and losing a lot of money can actually frustrate or slow down the process of making things better, right? And that is a very difficult balance to strike isn't it yeah that's i mean that's a that's a great point i mean that's the thing we 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 really um you know it's very difficult as a scientist to to sort of answer a question that has legal implications here but i Mm -hmm. certainly see your point where you know what do we do you know uh, how do we go about this current dilemma um if there's a pending lawsuit that could uh, you know cost billions of dollars like it has in the in, in the NFL um, then what what do we do now you know if if all of this is happening before we even knew the facts so it, it does yeah it, I think all we can do now is is improve on on the present and improve on the future and acknowledge the past and and say look you know we didn't know but we never had any intentions of, of doing any harm um, but let's get it right now for our future generations so they can enjoy these sports safely. Yeah, um, we've had a text here. We've had a text here saying, um, I've often blamed rugby league as a youth for a number of issues in my mid-20s now. I have a poor memory retrieval, poor focus, basically no attention span, mind blanks. I was a prop, always doing uh, hit-ups and tackling. Can you ask the doc if that could be attributed to the rugby? And I guess the follow-on question from that is what should that texter do? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's the sort of stuff that we hear from a lot of uh, ex-players at any level. So it's not just elite; it's it's club players and you know concerns around their history of head trauma. And, and as they get to, I assume, you know, middle age and, and older, um, you know, there's these sort of issues that are, are beyond just the usual forgetfulness. You know, I, I forget things all the time. I forgot the, the gentleman's name who's doing the the, the soccer ball, for example. But mm. that's you know. Yeah. The, it's a, it's a much more comp, you know uh, characteristic that people go oh there's something not quite right or the partners or family might say there's something not quite right um, you know the, I think the, the the first thing we need you know they should do is is contact the Australian Sports Brain Bank um, and we can help with uh, you know directing of of uh, people to to go and see um, and and also you know provide information and education as well around what to do now um, as as part of our our research program. And Doctor, just one last one, just so I can clarify for those parents listening about, again, I'm sorry for being so specific about uh, football stroke Mm -hmm. soccer. So if a kid is under 12 and and just say they they train seven days a week and each of those days they do maybe, I don't know, 10 headers a day, so would you reduce that by half or by, or by three quarters or what type of range? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's hard to actually give an exact number, but if, if they're training seven yeah. days a week and doing headers every day, you know, just my professional opinion would be, you know, try and just do it maybe once or twice a week to try and significantly right. reduce the amount of... Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's a, this is what we still need to understand um, and, mm-hmm. and we need the research and we need the, the support and the funding to do these research studies so that we can give you the answers that you're asking. Um, Alan, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time. Not a problem. Thanks for having me on.
Thank uh, you Dr. so Alan much. Dr. Alan Pierce, sir. there, uh, concussion expert, uh, neurophysiologist, wow. uh, researching brain injury in sports. Uh, sad news about uh, Roy Simmons. Uh, he says whether or not his playing days have led to the diagnosis is inconsequential. He just wants to shine a light on the impact of the disease. Uh, particularly on the loved ones of those who are diagnosed. Um, he's going to do that charity walk, three, 300 kilo, kilometres um, from his uh, hometown to Penrith beginning next Tuesday. Uh, you can find the donation link, by the way, uh, via the Penrith Panthers website. We'll get the uh, Joel and Fletch drive time page to tweet that out. I'll tweet it out as well. Um, but it's always very sad news uh, when we hear that diagnosis. Yeah. It's something that's happening more and more often, and we need to have those difficult conversations to work out. Yep how our kids should train in all those sports, what should happen to those sports long-term. Like I said, Buzz, the, the, the thought of yep. football not having heading is so ridiculous to me, but at some point it will happen, right? It is, right? It, it it is but perhaps so. And look, you know, if you want to look, we're more ideally placed as a sport uh, than the other ones, you have to say, um, to, to deal with this. If, and if we have to do without heading, we have to do without heading. But I do, for, I mean, we, we saw in that last Rugby Union World Cup, um, you know, the, the steps that they had taken, um, you know, how strict they were on penalties and so forth. I, I guess uh, um, Peter Berlandis and Rugby League have, have, got to, um, have got to have a real serious think um, with, with the wise heads of Rugby League as well of, of how to go forward. Uh, you listen to Drive, uh, Summer Drive on SEN, Max Rush and Mark Bosnich here till six. Introducing the all-new Hyundai Staria Load. It's got loads of everything your business needs to grow. Back to work with Blunstons and Toby Price. Win a VIP Fink Desert Race Adventure. Summer Drive on SEN. Uh, summer Drive on SEN. Max Rushton, Mark Bosnich yep. with you until I need six. to read this tweet out, Max. Sorry yeah, please do, Bozza, but this, this yeah, tweet, yeah, do. it really does need to be read out. Hi, Bozza. I'm really enjoying the banter with Max. I also love hearing the compliments about your producer, Ben. He happens to be my son. Uh, I'll send a similar message to Max, but he doesn't follow me. If you have any time to ask him for a follow, I'd like to send him a DM as well at all possible. You're fantastic, the both of you on radio TV. Keep well regards, Martin. So there you go, Ben. Uh, and there you, lovely, go, uh, Maxi, is, there you go, Maxi. That is really nice for, uh, yep. for you know, silent Ben, uh, that his family yep. are listening along. We'll try and get on air before six o'clock. It is very tricky. I suggest, I said, Bozzer, yep. I suggest you hit the block button. Ah, there we no, are. There is Silent Ben. No, he exists. No, he exists. That was um, uh, now, that interview with uh, Dr. Ryan Pierce was fascinating stuff. We'll stick it up as the podcast if you didn't catch yeah. it all. It was off the back of um, Panthers legend Roy Simmons announcing that um, he's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. He did a press conference earlier today at the Panthers. We can hear a little bit of that right now. Yeah, there's a couple of functions that you know I went to with my wife. You know, all of a sudden I'd say, what are you doing with the bottle of wine in your hand or something like that? And she just said, we just went to the, the bottle and we just bought it. And I thought, God, I can't remember that. You know, and there was a few incidents like that coming up a little bit too regularly for me. So I um, went down to, uh, to see the doc, took the scans or whatever and, and showed me. And he said, look, these few dots here, he said, they could be concussions because you've talked to me about concussions. But unfortunately, this is all dementia down through here. That knocked me over. I just, I can't remember any more of the conversation. You know, after that, I thought, well, what can I do a bit positive that can be good for it, you know? So, so straight away, um, you know, I was doing a lot of walk through COVID. So I thought, well, maybe a good long walk from Goolagong, you know, from my little town of Goolagong, 150 people, Main Street Goolagong, of course, and, uh, and finish up here on a, a game day where, you know, all the... Loyal Penrith fans are at Blue Bet Stadium. I thought, how, how good a opportunity would that be to make um, some serious money uh, for dementia? 
Uh, I mean, great side of a man who's prepared yeah. to do that. The first, his first thought is to shine a light on the disease, shine a light on make, raising awareness, raise money as well. Yeah. Um, Roy Simmons there, uh, sadly being uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Listen to Drive on SEN. Introducing the all-new Hyundai Staria Load. It's got loads of everything your business needs to grow. Back to work with Blunstons and Toby Price. Win a VIP Fink Desert Race Adventure. Summer Drive on SEN. Our Summer Drive on SEN. Max Rushton, Mark Bosnitz with you till six. And uh, if you missed the first hour, it was surprisingly good. Uh, mainly because we had good... It wasn't me and Boz, it was the guests that we had around us. You can check it out on the uh, podcasts on Apple and Spotify. You can have your say on the Ryko Filters call line, one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Text 0457 Summer Drive on SEM with thanks to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai. Star Yellow fits in everything. And Blundstone, back to work with Blundstone and Toby Price. Now, Boz, uh, just before we cut to the news, yeah. you were about to tell me off, weren't you? No, no, not at all. I was about to say, as I just to reiterate, I thought you're 100% right. Uh, and I understand your passion too, because I feel that way as well. But just to take a little leaflet, out of both yourself uh, and Dr. Ziad Basuni that we had yesterday when we were talking about vaccines and, um, you know, had to basically subtly um, convince somebody. I think it's a similar situation here. A Southern Rooster is entitled to his opinion, but we need to keep providing evidence for him just to say, because as we've seen during the pandemic, people in general do not like to be told exactly what to do. Um, mm. Not everyone is like that. Um, no. And there are a lot of skeptics out there. And because but, of perhaps but if your environment, opinion is wrong. I think it is. If your opinion yeah, is wrong. Yeah, they need to be called out. Correct. They need to be then, called out. You're 100% right. You're 100% I would say you're right. not. In, what, yeah. I would say you're not entitled to it if it's not a valid opinion. Well, I think that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's another debate, but that's perhaps going a little bit far, but I think they need to be called out 100%, but also just to continue to be told and shown evidence uh, to the contrary. That's all. That, that's mm. all, mate. That's all. But no, I'm 100% I, with you. And we talked about the science right. and all that, about a whole a whole host of things, but I can understand that and also can understand as well your passion today so you understood my passion yesterday so today you were the one with the fire and i'm just the one with the water as it was opposite yesterday that's all and remember yeah, the out of the, that's, that's what and makes remember, this show yeah, work and remember that's why yeah that's remember why this, yeah yes yeah, the, the three forms of power okay yeah. there's the stick which people will get used to eventually mm -hmm. there's the carrot which can always be outbid by a bigger carrot but mm -hmm. the most enforceable if you like to say or the most persuasive bit of power is being attractive now being attractive attraction yeah. is basically stating your case in a way in any type of way whether you be a leader or that to follow you that uh, that people just find it hard regardless of whether they agree if you're not just not to turn around and say i'm so attracted to what this person's doing or saying i'm following them yeah well that's why i follow you boss because you're an attractive <laughs> Man. I just had an image of Thank a large carrot, yes. a large yeah. carrot outbidding a smaller carrot at some kind of strange vegetable-based <laughs> auction that I'm looking yeah, forward 100%. to you taking me to one day. Very much hey, so. Yeah, very uh, much Boz, so. Do you want to do you want to talk about fishing? I love fishing. I love okay. fishing. Um, All right. Uh, I had a bit of an accident, and hopefully my mum and dad don't text in and tell everyone what it was when I was younger fishing, but it still did not dent my love for fishing whatsoever okay. i actually well, love let, sitting there for for at least 10 minutes yeah. okay let's uh, chat fishing thanks to uh uh new south wales maritime always wear a life jacket don't risk your life uh, last week on drive uh the sydney Sixers, uh justin avandano was chatting about his love of fishing uh, i don't know how they got onto it but we have a fishing segment now we're getting an elite sports person to talk to us about fishing and and hopefully uh, Justin can dig down and find out what that accident Mark Bosnich was that he had while fishing. But he joins us now. Justin, how are you doing? 
How are we doing, lads? Thanks for having me on. And I would love to hear that accident, to be honest. Yeah, come on then, Boz. <laughs> Spit it out. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that simple, is it? Um, it's quite simple. I'd like to talk to Justin about real fishing experiences. Now, okay, I'm sure on. if my parents Let's are listening, it. they will spill the beans. But I'd love to hear about Justin's fishing experience. And I want to start off with, where did the love of fishing come from originally, Justin? Good questions, good questions. Mate, the love for fishing is simple for me. So my dad owned a, uh, a, fishing, a fishing store. So we had Freddy's Fishing World back in the day. And dad had sort of six stores in New South Wales and... So I, I grew up fishing every single minute of every day. Every time you finish school, you're out of the banks. You know, this is what we did. So that's how the love for fishing came along. And then since then, you know, there's been many boats and many kayaks and many different things. But it started when I was young and I got hooked quickly, I'll tell you that. Let's cut to the chase, Justin. Biggest fish you ever <laughs> caught? Oh, the biggest fish ever caught? I, I got lucky enough to catch a, a black marlin. Um, now, it wasn't that big in terms of marlins caught, but... It was my pro, my prize, and it was the only. To be honest, it's the only one I've ever caught. So I've been out many times trying to catch marlin. I've only caught one. So I'm not the best fisherman going around. I know everything about it, but they seem to just stay clear of me when I'm on the water, which is a bit of a shame. Um, for for the uneducated, how big is a small marlin? You know, like what I want to know is how like, how much effort is going through your body when you've got a reel in a marlin. I'll, I'll be honest, marlin fishing is actually probably the easiest type of fishing. You sort of, you let the skipper of the boat do all the work. You sort of reverse the boat back in to catch the fish. They they look good because they jump high and whatnot. And my marlin was small, it was about two metres, but they can go up to about, you know, four metres, probably four metres long, and they get upwards over a 1,000 pounds. So you can get some massive ones, but unfortunately, mine was just a little one out of Port Stephens. So I'll take what I can get. And Justin, with the advent of technology and all that, explain to us now how fishing's changed because somebody was telling me the other day, so basically you can log areas that, you know, that have been very popular in the past and, and from that you can work out where the best spots are to fish. Uh, how does that exactly equate the, the technology advancements to fishing? Well, yeah, that's actually probably not talked about enough, but the fishing back in the day was relied on word of mouth so you go into the local fishing stores hey where's a good spot but now as you said everything's online and we've got these gps units i mean google's the easiest way you just google your best fishing spots and it's pretty well known where they are now so the locals sort of try and have their hidden little gems but with now the radars and the gps units you have on um like lawrence and um, all these different companies that provide it they give you sort of preloaded into their maps as sort of the hot fishing spots so it's actually quite hard these days to go out on a boat and not really know where to go and where to catch fish. Where back in the day, you used to get the charter guys out there. You know, the charter fishermen were so good because they knew all the secret spots. Now, you know, everyone knows where everything is. So it is a little bit harder to fish. And there are a lot more boats in the good areas. So you still have to try and find your little secret spots. But online, Google's destroyed some of the best fishing spots on the planet now. But what it does provide is, you know, there's plenty of fish in the sea. There's just new spots to be found. So... Plenty of keen fishermen still finding some good spots. Can you set the scene for us here, please, Joe? The, the perfect, you know, I want to know, was it early morning for you? Are you one of those overnight in a tent by a pond type guys? <laughs> what, 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 you know, what have you got? Have you got an esky? You got a couple of cold ones in there? What snacks are you bring? What are you listening to? I'd like the whole picture, please. Look, I'm definitely not a morning person. I'm definitely a late afternoon. I actually just went out fishing yesterday and got absolutely nothing down at the rocks in Terrigal. Um, but I'm definitely late, Arvo, two or three beers, so make sure I can drive home, stay out there for a couple of hours, talk some crap with the mates. And, you know, when I go fishing, as I said, I don't catch a whole lot, so the company's got to be good. 
Um, and that's sort of the scene. And then I like fishing into the night. I love night fishing. I like catching dewfish. So I go out on the Hawkesbury River here on the central coast in between Sydney and I can go out there for hours with my mates just on the boat and you anchor up at a nice point underneath Mooney Mooney and you put some baits out and you relax all night until you try and get like a metre 20 dewy or something. You know, that's, that's the dream and I love doing that. But most of the time it's late afternoons, quick fish, hour here, hour there, get it over and done with, come home with nothing. <laughs> Now, Justin, uh, if for those who don't know, multi-talented, also an exceptional cricketer, um, played for the Sydney Sixers. I think you played this year for the Melbourne Stars because of the COVID situation. Now, I just wanted to ask you about the domestic 2020 um, and somebody sort of relative on the outside who who saw the inauguration of the IPL, the Indian Premier League originally, and saw what that's turned into. Has it come time to set aside a specific period in the Australian cricketing calendar for this 2020 where everyone can play. I'm astounded as as somebody from another sport when I watch and they say, well, um, so-and-so can't play because he's playing for the, I don't know, for the Australian team in in the Ashes or whatever, or this one can play or that one can't play. Has it come time to set aside a specific time that, so that everybody can play? I think, um, I think you've nailed it on the head there. I think the IPL is a clear example and the leader of who do it the best. And it, it does make it available to all the best players in the world. And, for me, for an example, I am normally that fringe guy who sort of, when the Aussie boys come back, I get dropped. But even myself, you know, I don't mind that. If I was good enough, I'd play in the main team. But we want to see the best players play, even if it means it's at my expense. You know, for the reasons of Steve Smith not being able to play this year, you know, it was it was a bit of a joke, to be honest. Like, they, they only made the rules four days prior uh, to allow me to play for two different teams. So... Prior in prior years, I wasn't able to do that. But because of COVID, because of these new circumstances, I was able to play for two different teams. And for the fact that they didn't let Steve Smith play goes to show they probably should look at something in the schedule. But unfortunately, there's that much cricket on around the world. Um, the IPL makes the most money, so they get the rights of when they need to play. It is hard, and I have heard from the association that it is almost impossible to make it where all the Aussie, all the Aussie players can play. Um, so into the future, I can't see it happening just because of the scheduling because there's so much cricket on around the world. I mean, I was just having a drink with Pat Cummins the other night. You know, he's on the road 300 days of the year virtually. So there's very little time at home. There's very little time for scheduling um, and to make a big bash their own separate format where you do get all the Aussie players. It's practically impossible, which is a shame for the crowd. You know, it's a shame for all the fans out there who want to see the best Aussie boys play. I do feel for them, but unfortunately it is what it is at the, at the present time. Did Pat tell you if he wanted Justin Langer to stay on or not? <laughs> well, there's a whole other, there's a whole other story, and I tell you what, I think I don't know what Langer's done wrong, but like from what I hear from a lot of the players, is that he's well liked within the group. He's harsh. They they seem as more of an NRL coach, but this guy's just won an Ashes. He's won a T20 World Cup. I don't know what this guy's doing wrong behind the scenes because everything shows that he should be the coach of Australia. Um, whether yeah, it's yeah. a bit of bad media press and all that, you don't know. But I feel for him because he's done an amazing job since taking over. And, you know, after having those credentials over the last few years, he deserves to be there for quite a while longer. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Very well said, Justin. Now, I've, I've just got a text in. I won't say from who. Um, but the text goes like this, Justin, yeah? Jay Lenton told me the other day that Justin Avendano is the best golfer in the Sydney Sixers team. Is that true or not? <laughs> Uh, on handicap, uh, unfortunately, I have to say yes. I, I do fancy myself as a bit of a golfer, but when it 
I'll tell you what, when it comes to actually performance, there's a little rivalry, and he probably doesn't know it, but Dan Christian's a great golfer, and boy, he takes it seriously. So I don't think I've beaten him too many times. I, I seem to choke under pressure. So um, handicap-wise, says I'm all right, uh, but when it comes down to the crunch and there's matches on and you're paying for drinks or you're paying for dinner afterwards, I seem to crumble. What a life, eh? Yeah. Fishing, golf, cricket. What are you, when are you going to do a day's work, for goodness sake? Um, now, <laughs> I want to check, Justin. I was checking. Um, uh, there are two things I liked from an interview I read a while ago. One that said, as a cricketer, you're just a see ball, hit ball type batsman, which seems like quite a good idea, actually. You know, <laughs> but, but, you know, one that if you'd matured at all in your, your, you know, your cricketing style. But more importantly, it said that you are the general manager of Freddie's Fishing and Outdoors. Are you still the general manager of Freddie's Fishing yeah, and so, Outdoors? So my role has changed. So I actually gave mm-hmm. up cricket for about 18 months, about five, six years ago, to focus on work. I just couldn't fit in the time. I was living in Queensland, building stores up there. So it's all family-owned still. So me, my brother and dad still own the whole company. But with lately with cricket, it is sort of, I do hand the reins over to my brother a lot more and he's been fantastic. And it's sort of, I am lucky that it's a family company because when I say, all right, guys, I'm going to Big Bash for three months. See you later. Um, there are some heated discussions at the dinner table, but I am very fortunate and I'm still heavily involved in the business and, and I love it. It's my passion. It's what I want to, it's what I want to do post cricket. And I think that's why I might've said that scenario of sea ball, hit ball. Like yeah. it's just, I play with a bit of freedom. You know, a lot of the time it doesn't pay off, but when it does, it's fun. It's, it's who I am, so I try not to take it too seriously because, well, not too seriously. I, I take it extremely seriously, and I want to be the best I can be. But I also do have a fallback in in, um, in work, which is always nice to relieve a bit of the pressure going into these big matches. But, yeah, I still want to pursue the cricketing dream. I still have hopes, and you never know where it could end up. But I probably have to perform a little bit better than I am, to be honest. So we'll see what happens over the next 12 months. Now, at SEN, for a huge price, uh, you can advertise um, uh fishing and outdoors and and like boz and i have to you know we have to record some very professional adverts for various you know sort of tradie based things so so we've mocked we've we've basically we've done an advert for you we'd just like to know what you what you think of this ad here's our advert that we've done for you have a listen do you like fish rods and all things fishing then get yourself to freddy's fishing and outdoors they've got everything you need to enjoy a day at the fishing from rods tackle baits tents Galoshes, maggots, hats, other fishing-based things and things that are nice for fishing. And with that, you can catch anything you like. Carp, brim, tench, barracuda, blue whales, bicycles and sex cucumbers. Freddy's Fishing and Outdoors, Unit 2, 229, the entrance road, Erina, New South Wales. Just ask for Justin. What do you reckon? Oi, you have to you have to send me that link. That is that is going to be the commercial. Australia wide, that's going to all the stores in Queensland. That's going everywhere. I tell you what, you know, Good. catching bicycles, I can tend to agree with that. Actually, try to catch anything but a fish these days. Who knows what you pull up? But I love that. I love that. Yeah, we can get. We can get. I mean, I mean, what do we charge, Boz? What do you reckon? Because that's you know these voices. I was the voice of an indigestion remedy for ten years in the yeah. UK. You know, what are we going to charge, Justin? Very no, yeah, well, very true. But let's have a look at the cake and who's going to do the real work. That will be Justin because he'll yeah. take that, and we've just instigated it. So we're just sort of like the spark. So yeah. I think we should at least take forty um, percent. What of the all the takings <laughs> of Freddie's fishing? <laughs> I mean, I don't uh, know minimum, how the advert is. Minimum, minimum. Okay, forty percent. Is that a, is that a deal? Is that okay, Justin? We give away. It's like Shark Tank. I, I, 
40 percent of your business. Yeah, look, I think 40 percent's a bit steep, but okay. yeah, the way we're going, with you guys, you guys are pretty famous on the on the pecking order, so I might have mm. to budget a thirty. But I think I think we can make something worth there. Okay, there you go. Oh, this is great fun. Who knew I was becoming a businessman after this? Uh, thanks for coming on, Justin. I appreciate it. I enjoyed this 10 minutes of my life. I had a nice time. I hope you did. No, I always love this sort of stuff, boys. It's uh, very grateful for being on here. And if you ever need me again, just shout out. 100%. And also, pleasure. let's face That'll it, be the, marlin, the marlin that you caught was bigger than you, right? And I think if you catch a fish that is bigger than you, you're allowed to say that it's a big fish. I would argue that is a I large, think that's fair enough. A large fair fish. Enough. That's fair, isn't it? Yeah. Are you happy with that, Justin? Yeah, the yeah. biggest fish you ever caught. It, was, it, it, it wasn't that heavy, to be honest. I was still probably heavier than it, but it was nice right. and long, and that's all that matters with the marlin. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, thank you for your time, Justin. You appreciate it. it. Thanks so much, guys. Thank uh, you so much, Justin. Uh, Justin Avendano uh, from the Sydney Sixters. Fisherman, go to Freddy's Fish fishing and outdoors wherever it is i've forgotten already but um uh, i enjoyed that greatly and uh that was chatting fishing thanks to new south wales maritime look after your life jacket it will look after you don't risk your life introducing the all-new hyundai starry alone it's got loads of everything your business needs to grow back to work with blunston's and toby price win a vip fink desert race adventure summer drive on sen uh, summer drive on sen the text number 0457 sex set oh steady 736 <laughs> 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 it's the sex cucumbers buzz it's catching isn't it um here's a text message max russian mark bosnich by the way with you until yeah. six here's a text message uh, yes. Hello all at SEN. Mark's mum here. Hello. Just to oh, quickly tell you the story re, re Mark's fishing ability. When he was about eight years old, he went out on a boat fishing with his dad in Forster. He was so impatient Forster. to wait for his dad to put bait, bait on the hook and throw the line up for him that when his dad turned his back for a moment to help him with help his sister's line, he took it upon himself to put the bait on and throw the line in. Instead of hooking a fish, he hooked his top lip much to the annoyance of his dad, who had to pull the hook out. Luckily, he was able to do it. Otherwise, a trip to hospital would have been the next step. So, so is that? That's the story, is it? <laughs> you caught yourself. That's I basically caught myself. Yeah, but you know what? That's it. the thing was, and I remember Dad was. I was uh, Justin will love this lecturing us. You know, be careful. Don't you know? Like you know, don't throw the the line too high because you could catch somebody else. And I remember when them two were, were fixing their bait, I was like doing it like a lasso. You know, I go, Ooh, mm. look at this. Well, next minute I wasn't doing it like a lasso anymore. But uh, yeah, that is the story. It's very Australian to just pull the hook out of your son's mouth and say, get on with it. I would have been in hospital for about six months with that. Anyway, do you want to play a game, Boz? It's time for this. Yes. Okay. Brought to you by Nilex Misting Systems. Water like a Nile expert. Available at Bunnings. So much production. Um, so, look, I guess it's everyone's favourite game. Do you know what I think, Gibbo? Right? I think for Guess Who, it needs some kind of tension music underneath it. I mean, I don't know how quick you are with these kind of things. Just some kind of thing to liven it up from, from what it is at the moment, which is just a guessing game in general silence. I don't know if it's the best part of the programme, but, you know, it is a part of the programme. It's a sponsored part. Boz, are you leading Guess Who or am I leading Guess Who today? Uh, I think you better do. Okay, all right. Anyway, I've thought ready. of somebody. Yep. It's Gibbo yeah. versus Boz in Guess okay. Who, Boz. Question one. All right, here we go. Uh, is it a male? Yes. Okay. Uh, do they live in the Southern Hemisphere? Yes. Do they play sport? No. Gibbo. Am I in television? Yes. Am I in television in Australia? Yes. 
Am I in a soap opera? Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Am I on Home and Away? Yes. Am I Alf Stewart? No. Oh. Buzz. Um, I'm not really a Home and Away fan. Okay, um, that's tricky now, isn't it? Uh, that is going to be tricky. Am I under the age of fifty? Oh, that's um, just about. Yeah, I reckon you are. Okay. Um, is my first name John? It is not John. There you go. Do I do any other media work? I don't know if you've done media work for twenty years. But I, but I was fifty. But I'm under fifty. But I haven't done media work for twenty years. You're forty-five. Buzz, that's the your music, question. The music's good. The music's really. Um, really oh, helping thank them. God. Thank a praise. Praise. Praise thank the music. You. Without the music, you can make it a bit louder. The music, if you want. Is my Buzz? first name Michael? It's not Michael. No. I'm a woman, though. No. No, it's a male. Oh. I can't help you guys. I've done all the work for this quiz. You just have to use your imagination. If you didn't watch Home and Away in the 90s, it's going to be trickier. Well, it will be. Yeah. Where's the tension I mean, music, you know. For goodness sake, without the music, people will, will expose the facade that is Guess Who. Uh, is my first name Ray? <laughs> no. <laughs> is my first name Chris? No. It's a good line of questioning, though. Is, is my first name Heath? No. Bernard? No. Stephen? Luke? No, no. Bob? No. Ryan? No. Julian? No. Luke? No. I'll take it over, give up. Paul? No. Tom? No. Chris? <laughs> no. <laughs> Brian? No. Nathan? No. Closer? I said Nathan. No, it's not. A, it's not an. Eng you it's do, not a very English name. Yeah, uh, you do realise we're losing listeners by the second. Yeah, I'm aware of that. But listen, I'm here for the purity. I want to keep right, the right. listeners that stay with this. They're the ones I like. The rest of them, I couldn't care less. What about Matt? No. What Nicholas? about Peter? No. So, oh, sounds like Jay Peter. Sounds like Jason. Peter. Jason. Oh, Peter. Yeah. Say Peter with different letters. Peter. Oh, okay. No. Um. We'll be back after this break. You're listening to Drive on SEN. Thanks to Hyundai, all-new Hyundai, Staria Load, fits in everything, and Blundstone. Back to work with Blundstone and Toby Price. Yeah, here's a text message. Um, uh, Jesus Christ, perhaps we could have a sports person on this beautiful segment. Max clearly knows two things about Australia, and it's neighbours and home and away. You're right, <laughs> but look, we've got many correct answers. Dieter Brummer, Dieter Brummer, you're welcome, says Ash. Dieter, it is Dieter go. Brummer who played Shane from Shane and Angel. Surely what a beautiful yes. romance that was, Boz. Yes. Do you remember? Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Really was good. <laughs> right. Um... It was. I just said it was brilliant. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about Western Sydney Wanderers and active yes. support. Boz, take it away. Yeah. This is uh, you book well, a guest each, each day. You've done another good job here. Well, obviously, uh, yesterday on my rant, I, I made the point about uh, uh, as well about the treatment of some of the good people in football and, and some of the good people in football were the active fans. They were a point of difference for quite some time. And uh, and that goes for all the clubs. But there was a, a new club in Western Sydney Wanderers, which came um, around about 10 years ago, whose active support actually took it to a different level. And about, I would say, I mean, Louis will tell us, I think it was about five or six years ago, um, there become some issues um, in terms of uh, them not having a right to an appeal 
if they were found to be guilty by the then FFA, the Football Federation Australia. So just to give an example, um, like I said yesterday, the vast majority are, are great fans, but throwing flares, even though it's a part of football worldwide, is illegal here in this country. So what happened was a flare was thrown at a Western City Wanderers game. A gentleman had come with his wife and two kids and sat right near the fence for the game. The flare hit one of his kids in the back and all he done was pick it up and throw it over the fence. But the cameras picked up him throwing the flare. He was banned for life without a right to appeal. Um, understandably, the active fans uh, were very upset about this uh, countrywide. Um, I got to hear about the story. Um, to cut a long story short, I flew in all the fans uh, at my own expense. and We had a meeting at a Sydney hotel um, with the fans and the FFA. And the person who that was the main spokesperson um, for the fans was was Louis, who's about to come on right now, who's a who's a lawyer uh, from Sydney and and spoke so eloquently and uh, come to an agreement with the FFA, uh, or so we thought. Um, and and there were a lot of overturns. There's no doubt about that. But since then, there's been a lot of I would say bureaucratic uh, obstacles that were put into place, and the spirit of the agreement wasn't really followed through. And I type. I, I kind of think that uh, this has been, you know, one of the points that we haven't seen active fans. We know about COVID; that's understandable. But active fans has not been at the same level since. And uh, in view of the way that the A League is tracking right now, um, I think it's imperative that we get those active fans back because, again, they were a point of difference. And I just, you know, asked him to come on the show. He was uh, very gracious and, and to accept and and to start by asking him. Um, as soon as he comes on, um, first and foremost, you know, what do we do um, to, to entice these fans back? So without no further ado, uh, welcome to the show, Louis. Thank you very much, Boz. Max, good day. Louis Alcuri, yeah, nice to meet you. Thanks for yeah. coming on. So, that, I, I mean, do you know what, from my point of view, is really interesting, this idea of active fans. Like, all fans, soccer fans in the UK, and I, where I was for the first 42 and a half years, were active. Do you know what I mean? It seems a strange phrase. Yeah, and I think um, you might be referring to the fact that we have uh, fans and then we have active fans. You probably have active fans and then you have um, the ultras, right? The ultra-active fans, essentially. And I think that's the difference, right? It's a cultural difference. Um, But one that I think that um, over time, which which start to see the reality, that is that without the active supporters, um, we end up in a situation where the the draw card, the main draw card to the A-League is somewhat missing. And Louis, I just wanted to ask the question because, you know, a reputation, unfortunately, was was garnered by a, a couple of uh, ill-informed newspaper articles at the time, which were, were basically, I, I would say that they were uh, defamatory um, towards the active fans. And the general impression from the, the mainstream public was that, that they were trouble. But as we know, on the main, when I say on the main, 99%, that wasn't true, was it? And that's right. I think I think what's important is that you 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 look at why the fans, uh, you know, became so ingrained in West Sydney Wanderers to begin with. And if you look back right to the commencement of the club, um, you know, we had the community forums. You know, they led to club name, colours, um, culture, style, right? And so immediately the fans had this feeling of this is going to be an actual club. You know, we're going to be members of a club, and what has since transpired um, over the time after that is that, and you know, that reality has has kind of did been dissipated by new ownership, and I'd argue that um, the issue is that uh, the owners 
the way that the members feel is that the owners no longer see themselves as passing custodians. Now, that is a phrase that I'm borrowing from Remo Negrotto, the former FFA director. And rather, they, they, the fans feel that these owners are seeing these clubs as their personal plaything. And again, um, that's borrowed from Remo. So I guess, I guess what we need to do is probably go back to the origins of what a club actually is and start treating the fans as members and not just um, season ticket holders. What you need for a club to work, right, is you need every type of supporter, right? Everywhere in a stadium. So somewhere, and this goes for all sport, right? Somewhere where you can be those kind of ultras, right? You're singing all game. You're bouncing up and down. You've had a few drinks. You're having a good time. You're not taking it too far, but you're really creating the energy. You're creating the noise. You need areas where old people can go and people are all sitting down for the whole game and no one's standing up in front of them. You need safe places for kids, right? And is that not the case here? Because it sort of seems mad to me that, that you would discourage anyone from coming to the game as long as they're behaving within a, you know, they're not going overboard. Max, by the time 2015 rolled around, the narrative had voluntarily been set for the, um, uh, let's just call it the sanitisation of the um, active support culture. Um, and taken directly from an FFA report, we had um, 320 bands issued across 16 million attendances. Now, just put that into perspective, are there situations that require bands? Absolutely. Are there fans that maybe um, needed to keep themselves in check? Absolutely. But we were not at a point where any, we weren't anywhere near the sanitization requirement. We, were nowhere, we weren't there. So you've got to really think about why, why it was that the narrative had been set and why the clubs were so quiet about it at the time. I mean, this is despite... And, and Mark, the incident that you're referring to essentially was 198 people had their faces plastered all over the papers. That is despite having or not having a ban appeal process. Um, and that was the incident that really um, caused the fans to fight back. They had had enough. Um, and and, and this, is, this is all part and parcel with this. With, they set the narrative that they, they needed to sanitise these fans and that is, again, I need, I need to emphasize that there were 320 bands across 16 million attendances. I mean, just keep that in mind. And by the time the 198 fans had their, had their faces plastered all over the papers, they had not really had enough and it was time to fight back and try and take control of the situation. And, and credit to, to Boz for putting that together at the time. That is in December 15. And and Louis to play devil's advocate and and uh, and please you know like I said to just you know, be completely straight that the biggest problem that the authorities had was the the throwing of flares, um, and I've made it very very clear it's illegal uh, in this state uh, to, to to partake in that. Um, what was the stand of the majority of fans on that exact issue? The fans unanimously indicated that that they are not um, that they do not support. The, the throwing of flares, and in fact, on a number of occasions, came out publicly saying, "If you if you are caught throwing flares, don't expect us to support you in any appeal process." Um, and and that was, I mean, you're talking you're talking the number of flares that were that were thrown during games, um, you know, might be one or two, and that is indicative of the number of people that are causing these problems, right? Because if you've got one or two flares, that's one or two people. You don't have four or five people holding the flare throwing it. Um, but again, that's how we ended up with this 320 people being banned, essentially across that number. Um, but what I think was 
most indicative of the stance that the FSA had taken against active supporters was in, in a number of instances, people were banned for simply being within the vicinity of a flare. Um, and on another occasion, at least two of the people in the bands that I dealt with, um, they were nowhere near the incident. In fact, one of them wasn't even in the state at the time that an incident occurred. And so the FFA took this zero tolerance um, approach um, and they committed to that sanitization of the fan experience. I think what they thought was that we could rid the fan base of that small, extremely small minority um, and somewhat retain the number of patrons at these games. But that's not how it works. Unfortunately, active support is made up of interpersonal relationships within the fans themselves. So, for example, the active support group that sits behind goals, known as the RBB at the Wanderers game, you've also got other groups. One of them is, is Bay 49, a whole, whole separate bay as well. And they, they all form their own relationships across the stadium. And like-minded people form like-minded groups. And that's how you end up here. Unfortunately, unfortunately, what transpired was that the, the clubs, um, or the FFA, and clearly with the support of the clubs, wanted to eradicate all of that natural growth um, within the fan base. And here we are. And do you I mean, sense... can, I, can I just... Uh, yeah, yeah, carry sorry. on. Sorry. Uh, I, I there's one thing that, that stands out to me, and more recently, um, within the last um, very short period, we had, and, and not to quote him out of context, but essentially the chairman, Paul Lever of the Wanderers, used the term, we won't be influenced by outside noise. Now, he was referring to that in the context of former players and possibly fans, but that is exactly how fans feel at the moment, that they are just outside noise. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, the club has its own direction, won't be bound by anything that the, that the fans um, uh, think or feel, and essentially taking away that very first um, movement that is that was all that goodwill that was established during the community forums from the outset um we sh we should um tomorrow boz we should try and get someone from the ffa or the wanderers on for a right of reply but my question is i wonder no over this time louis i wonder has anybody's stance in the authorities slightly been tempered by the fact that you know attendances aren't I mean, I don't know if attendances are, are, are worse or better, but, you know, the atmosphere is not as good and that affects the, the product and, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Like, has, has, it, has their stance softened at all? Well, you, I, I've got to be honest with you and tell you that, you know, more recently, now I don't know what the change of heart was. I suspect that it's because of the serious lack of atmosphere and the serious lack of numbers through the gates. But essentially, A-League clubs, and in particular the Wanderers, had finally, and you're talking you know, some, uh, you know, over six years later, have contacted some of these fans that were banned without the right of an appeal and asked them to come back. And there's no, nothing has changed between now and back then other than the fact that the, the numbers are just horrible and the atmosphere is just horrible. Um, if you're a Wanderers supporter, you would, even during these times, you might have attended just to, just to be a part of it just to be a part of the group, but it's not happening. And, that, and hence, they're, they're contacting these these former fans who were banned and asking them to come back. And Louis, I, I wanted to ask you about that, uh, uh, but two-part question. First and foremost, I spoke about, because you used to ring me about that, we had an agreement that night with the FFA. Um, and, and like I said at the start of the program, bureaucratic obstacles, we'll call it, 
um, things weren't uh, kept within the spirit. But um, how do we how do we get you guys back? Not just the Wanderers, but all the active fans, well, active fans, the the ultra fans. How do we get you guys back to the game because the game really needs it. Well, I, I hate to use symbolism in this context, but symbolically, what they could do was was formally invite all these people back into the game, extend an olive branch, number one. Number two, take it back to its roots. That is, engage with your, your fan groups, make them a part of your club, and that is in the true essence of a club, not just pay them lip service. Um, engage with what they need um, on game day and also you know what they what they would like to see i mean one of the key things that comes out more that came out more recently in an article was was a former player indicating that the that the wanderers itself um didn't have a style it didn't have i mean this was obviously in a in a said in a more harsh manner but it doesn't have an identity and the reason it doesn't have an identity is because the fans are not connecting with it at all the the, the playing style is nowhere near what the fans um, were told, were made to believe would be it. I mean, coaches are coming in and out, and and all of them have their own style, really. Um, how can you how can you call yourself a club when it's a group of executives making decisions? Louis, I'm, Louis, own... I'm really I'm really sorry to cut you off. We've got a break because we have to pay for the radio station. We will do it again. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And I'm really sorry to cut you off. No, that's okay. Thanks, Max. You're good, Thank man. Thank you Let so much, you there. Um, uh, You're listening to SEN Drive. Max Rush and Mark Bosnich here till six. Introducing the all-new Hyundai Staria Load. It's got loads of everything your business needs to grow. Back to work with Blunstons and Toby Price. Win a VIP Fink Desert Race Adventure. Summer Drive on SEN. Uh, Summer Drive on SEN. Really interesting conversation we were just having there uh, with your mate, uh, Louis yeah. Alcuri, the lawyer, uh, represents, you know, just advocating active fans. It's a good text we've had, Boz. Um, yeah. Hi, guys. Pablo Bateson here, long-standing fan of Socceroos, yeah, foundation member of uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. Police authorities and stadium security in many jurisdictions have for a long time viewed active fans as a potential threat. They've largely failed to understand that football fans are a part of a unique culture that's different to all other spectator sports. Their response has too often been crude and confrontational based around enforcement, a more effective and economic way of Policing football is through engagement. Um, the text is too long. It's sort of fallen off the screen. But yeah. that is a really important point. There is an important point to make, Boz, that there are real problems among uh, all around the world with ultras. Um, yes. In the UK, there's, yes. there's a lot of you know cocaine use in the stand now. It's a real problem. Yeah. There are other issues with fans, right? They, they can't take it too far. But the idea no, that it's been can't. so sanitized yeah, is, yeah, is, yeah, is the, really it, frustrating, it, it, I think. Yeah, very much so. And, You've and got 20 seconds, Boz. Sorry, but there was another point as well that the then FFA, uh, I think it was, I don't know, way back in 2009 or 2010, they employed a security company. Um, their name, I think it was, uh, their name eludes me at this moment in time, but they're basically an anti-terrorism type security company. And it just started off on the wrong foot. And for it to go forward again, I think, like I said, there needs to be a compromise. The ultimate deal is when everyone wins, not just one side. Introducing the all-new Hyundai Staria Load. It's got loads of everything your business needs to grow. Back to work with Blunstons and Toby Price. Win a VIP Fink Desert Race Adventure. Summer Drive on SEN. A summer Drive on SEN, thanks to Hyundai. The all-new Hyundai Staria Load fits in everything and Blunstone. Back to work with Blunstone and Toby Price. Max Rushton, Mark Bosnich here for the next hour. We welcome now, listeners. 
uh, on SEN track who have been listening to horses running in circles all afternoon. They're with us now on the Queensland stations in Atherton, Brisbane, Darling Downs, Ingham, Kingaroy, New South Wales stations in Griffith, Central Coast, and the Illawarra. Mark Bosnich, you had your hand up during the news. Do you need a bathroom break or did you want to make a point? No, 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 neither. I didn't neither. even I had my hand up. Yeah, no, neither. Oh, okay. All right. Just, just reflecting. Naturally. Just reflecting. Yeah. No, I think we've had a good couple of hours. I've enjoyed the couple of hours. Yeah. You know, we've got yeah. what we're, we're two thirds of the way through. I feel, you know, remember, the aim is to get sacked by tomorrow so we don't have to do tomorrow's well, show. Our final show is not going so well. I was a little bit, little bit concerned about because the guests we had on have been outstanding. And yeah. it's not really looking good for our sacking at the moment. No, because you. To, after Sean, we need to really take it down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Sean could get a sack because you've been really good. I've been really good. The listeners have been really good. Yeah, the guests have been outstanding. Yeah. They have. Some, it's, you know, breaking the barriers of broadcasting in this this afternoon is the last thing we wanted to do because we wanted to get sacked for tomorrow. Why? Yeah. It's so the trouble because it's trouble in with, our nature. You know yeah. the story about the scorpion and the frog. Same thing. Yeah, I do. It's in its nature. Mm, absolutely sports bet with mates start your group bet together share the moment conditions apply gamble responsibly everybody sean ormrod is our man and he joins the program now shawnee hello afternoon boys it sounds like you're in a bit of a uh sort of george costanza like predicament remember that episode where mm, he was yeah, doing everything yeah. in his power to try and get the sack but he just couldn't do it didn't no, matter yeah. what he did uh, they wouldn't yeah. budge and i you know i've been i've been listening uh all week and obviously i'm calling in and I, I know for a fact you've been trying your best to get the sack but it's not turning out that way. But, you know, hopefully hopefully I can help during this uh, little segment, boys. Well, fingers crossed, because okay. even working at like 40%, 50%, you know, we're taking SEN to new levels. And it's and, and that's not what we're trying to do. Max. And I told difficult. you about conditioning. You can't. Yeah. You can't. We've been conditioned to be the best. It's very difficult to break it's out of hard, habits. Isn't it? <laughs> I know. Even the, yeah. the even the Guess Who game was good because we had some backing music and everything. Really mm. got a tomorrow, right? The key tomorrow. You with us tomorrow? Shawnee? I'm doing the guess who, by the way. That was the closest oh. thing we did get to coming sacked. Okay. Doing know who, yeah. what a clue yeah. that person was. But whatever. Brummer, Shane and Angel, moment away. It was like it was, it was like the most evocative, romantic television that has mm. ever come out of these yeah. shores. Um, yeah. The key, the key. If we don't get sacked tonight, Shawnee, are you with us tomorrow? Tomorrow, we have to make sure that the show is of such low quality. We are never invited yep. back. Is that okay? No. Don't worry. Don't worry, boys. I'll I'll be here and I'll be doing everything in my my powers. Preparation's key, uh, yeah. even when you're trying to get the ass. Uh, so yeah. I'll be doing everything uh, preparation-wise to to really bring uh, bring the big guns tomorrow, and we'll go with a bang certainly. Okay, let's talk about uh, some sport that's happening. We should uh, we should talk about that. Apparently, it's uh, you know it's it's part of the mo of this uh, radio station. Australia, <laughs> by the way, seven for one hundred and sixty-two. It's been quite an interesting first innings. They're doing okay. Be very interesting to see if. Uh, uh, what total they get and whether England can chase them down. My hunch is no, because um, Australia are playing England, and that's normally what happens. I, I don't know if you have uh, mm. live as it stands odds on that, because that's not on my list, Shawnee. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put you, I don't want to set you up for a fall at this <laughs> early stage of the section. What's going to happen now? Tell us. Well, I mean, we are setting ourselves up for failure. We're trying to get the ass. You know, I do not have those updates in Brilliant. front of me. Brilliant, hopeless, Shawnee. You know, you know what? I hate to tell you, I actually do. England, dollar forty-four, Australia, yeah. two dollars seventy-one. So you're like with the slight edge uh, at this point. Okay. Mm. Come on, understandable. England. Come on, England. And, Let's mm, beat those Aussies. Yeah, 
Yeah. Bleeps. And Sean, uh, onto the A-League. Western Sydney Wanderers yep. came through last night against a, a COVID ravage, you have to say, Perth Glory, who have really yeah. been unfortunate as well with all their travel restrictions. And all that. But tonight's game is the Newcastle Jets versus the Brisbane Raw. Now, the Newcastle Jets are bottom of the table. However, they've got, mm-hmm. what, four games in hand of Sydney who are only eight points above. And Brisbane yep. Raw uh, are on a ninth on eight points. What's the odds for that? I reckon you've been uh, reading my notes, Boz. I had that exact line written down in yes. front of me. As you say, they're at the bottom of the table, just the one win from those six games. Obviously, I have to make up a few on the field. Uh, Brisbane Raw, their opponents, not going too much better. Just the two wins from their eight. Uh, the Jets, they've got the slight edge in the betting uh, as it stands. They're $2.10. Looks a little bit on the short side to me, but I said that about the Wanderers last night, and they got the job done uh, in a low-scoring game. The Raw, they're $3.10. The draw, uh, outsider usually... Uh, no change with that. It's three dollars sixty. Uh, unlike last night, though, punters are expecting uh, a few more goals in this one. You're getting a dollar seventy for the over two and a half. Or if you fancy a bit of a low-scoring affair again, under two and a half goals is two dollars oh eight. So that's the current lay of the land with the ALE tonight, boys. Uh, just so I can join in as well and repeat what you and Boz says: Newcastle bottom of the table, one win in six, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Brisbane Raw two wins in eight. So we've all said it now. So that's really that's good. We've got a full a full quota of everyone saying the same thing. What about the NRL All Stars game, Shawnee? Uh, yes, I said before, preparation is key. When I'm prepared 100%. to say something, I'm going to say yeah. it. You, you're not going to stop me from doing it. That's what I'm going to bring oh, go tomorrow. For it. Exactly. Uh, the All-Stars. Yeah, Rugby League almost at our doorstep. And it starts, this game's next Saturday night. It's at Combank Stadium, the newly named Combank Stadium out there in Parramatta. Uh, it's the Mary All-Stars taking on the Indigenous All-Stars. Obviously, always a cracking game. Last year was a very low-scoring one in the wet 10 alls. So the Mary All-Stars, they retained the title, having won it uh, the year before. As far as the early betting is concerned, the team's only landed a couple of days ago, so we are very early days, but the Indigenous All-Stars are four-and-a-half-point favourites. The head-to-head betting is $1.54, uh, the Indigenous team, and the Maori All-Stars outside of $2.50. When I saw the squads when they dropped, as I said a couple of days ago, I thought that the Indigenous team uh, should win this game pretty comfortably, but you know, there's no doubt there's more talent in their team. What we've seen... The last few years is just how strong the Maritime can be. So I'm just, I might just let this one marinate a little bit until we get closer to kickoff before I really form a, a strong opinion, boys. Yeah, oh, I love that word as well. Exactly, marinate. What, what a, what a, What's your favourite thing to marinate, Boz? What's your favourite yeah. thing to marinate? Well, uh, chicken. Okay. Yeah. In in yeah, what? Chicken. What are you mm. marinating the chicken in? Uh, well, I have my own special recipe. It involves. Okay. Uh, I'll give a few ingredients: <laughs> soy sauce yeah. and honey. The rest of the ingredients I'll keep to myself. I'll, 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 okay, a little bit of turmeric as well. Okay. Um, because, you know, those are my great secrets of my cooking. Turmeric yeah. is, t- is it's what? A great, uh, it's, it's a great anti-inflammatory yeah. for the body. It's absolutely yeah. superb. A little mm. bit orange, but that's I mean, Surely you might call it turmeric, but the real heroes mm. call it turmeric. Um, right. and, and, uh, but there we go. Boz's secret recipes. Um, we, yeah. The mm. reason he can't say everything, surely, is because after this success and the success that we've had on Stan, uh, we're actually going to present My Kitchen Rules the next series uh, because yeah, well, right. I don't bother for I something so. I, can't, I don't really follow I it. So. And, um, and we're going to host it. And so he can't give away all his recipes 100%. on this radio. Yeah, sure enough. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, apparently there's a market for Married at First Sight, which is one of those frankly mm. ridiculous television mm. programs 
that you waste your time on once because, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? It's like The Bachelor. It's not as annoying as The Bachelor, which can get in the sea, frankly. Of mm. course, of yep. course it's ridiculous. You've got 30 people, right? It's just not a realistic <laughs> situation. You can't be in love with all of them. It's just your mind is blown, right? Because all these people are pretending to be in love with you. They're not really because no one really mm. knows if you're in love with someone because it takes much more time. Mm. You've just got to focus on one person. Married at first sight is equally ridiculous. And the real problem is, <laughs> with it is, is after they get married, they don't have to stay married. The way that show should work is you have to stay married for 15 years and have two kids, and then you can decide <laughs> to go elsewhere. Because at the moment, it's just turn up, you see someone, you have a party for free, you obviously don't like each other because you don't know each other, and then you have your marriage annulled, and all the experts say, I wonder why our spreadsheet didn't work. Well, it didn't work because they never met before, you idiots. Anyway, sorry about that, everybody. Um, what's the... Uh, I love that. Was I a, love that that was a brilliant you, That's your you second pre- day. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the topic is. When Max gets on a roll, you just let him go because magic will happen. Of course, I'm happy to host it though, just in case they need a host. Buckets to do it. In which case, I'll be fully behind the the opening line. Welcome to Married at First Sight. I just want to say something before we start. You're like, okay, well, there we go. (laughs) So, what are the what what odds you giving us on the chances of it surviving? Yeah, so no, 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 it's definitely going to survive. Look, I've got to put my hand up. I, I, I tend to uh, to tune in from time to time. Let's just yeah. uh, let's just leave oh, it no, there. But I love watching mentioned... it, of course, but with furious yeah, rage. Boz. Yeah, Bozza, Bozza alluded to his secret recipe, but I've heard Little Birdie has told me that his other little secret is that he loves maths. Now we've got a whole host of markets available. Stuff like number of couples still together at the series end. No wow. surprises. Nine or more couples mm. is the absolute rank outside of there, but. Uh, boys, now call me cynical, but I think some of the people that go on this show might just go on it to build up their social media profile. Now, I don't have any facts to support that. It's just a That's hunch. an outrageous claim. Someone... They're in it for love. Yeah. I mean, what, what's a more mm. organic way of finding love than going on national television and exposing yourself and getting married in front of someone you've never met before and, in, and meeting their in-laws exactly. and trying to get then on Ninja Warrior Z-list celebrities or something, which I'll also host, of course. And I'm <laughs> happy to do that. I think so. Um, so I, sh- I don't share your cynicism. But anyway. Yeah, as I said, no no facts behind that, just a hunch. But we have put up some Instagram markets regarding Tamara. Now, she, uh, as Bozza would know, she's been paired with Brent. They're now, of course, uh, married. Real serious traditional marriage, obviously. Uh, so as I said, the Instagram markets for, for Tamara. Now, you boys, both celebs, you both know what the blue tick's all about. Uh, on Instagram, I'm sure. She's $1.50 to have the blue tick and be verified by Instagram at the completion of the series. What about this one? This is what she's really going for, to have 200,000 or more followers by the end of the series, $6.50. That's the one she wants, and the punters are getting right behind that at a big price. My Instagram and Sean, is you're, you're, yeah, yeah, Sean, Sean's right. I do love my mathematics, and, and I, I'm very interested in the algorithms <laughs> and what goes on for betting as well. So I wanted to ask you a question, mm. Sean. So when I lived in the UK, if, if I were, for example, watching a football, a soccer game, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, yeah, I could also mm-hmm. bet on, for, uh, for example, things like uh, you know, which team would commit the, more, the most fouls or uh, which team would, would have the more corners or throw-ins. I don't see that over yep. here. Is, is there a, a reason because of that? No, we've you have to you have to go pretty deep in our in the sports bet app and scroll a fair bit down the page because they are a little bit obscure. But we've got the same sort of stuff. Uh, I'm looking at the A League tonight. We've okay. got uh, total co- total corners, that sort of stuff. Time of so got all that. the Good. time of first goal markets, all that sort of pe- penalties. Will there be a penalty yep. scored, penalty awarded? So look, if if you can't find it on our app, then yeah, I don't know what it is you're looking for, but you're very very hard to place. 
Well, there you go, everyone who's asked me that question to ask Sean. So there you go. It is there. <laughs> how's your How's your Insta game, Bozza? I'm, I'm, my Twitter game is better than my Insta. Yeah, it's Insta same, one. Same. I'm just going to go on Insta now. Hang on. Uh, same. You're going to um, go live on Insta's Instagram? More a, no, 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 no. Insta's okay. more a um, – it, it's, it's from my fiancé. She told me to go on Insta. But, I, I okay, made so a, my Instagram, I've yeah. got – it's what is it? 9,124 followers. Uh, okay. But Twitter, Twitter is uh, – I think it's – hang on. 200,000. Wow. Yeah. I, um, 199. I, 199. There you go. I Instagram lived uh, a bolognese simmering for two hours, which went pretty yeah. well. And I, <laughs> I once picked up some of my wife's jewelry that had got tangled. And I, I said, I untangled the jewelry. It took four hours. And the real, the real skill. At high points, we had about 130 people watching that Insta live. Um, and I've done a few DIY tutorials as well yeah. on there but I, mm. maybe i don't have the right maybe i just i'm not really a brand that that you know that works for instagram but it's something to try and achieve well, isn't it more followers than tamara um by the end of the yeah month. i think well yeah. I, I think case in point there i think tamara's yeah. going about it the completely wrong way why why go and get married you can just chuck on a bolognese and away you go 100 percent. well you yeah. just balance you could I, the thing is i could put that bolognese on and then I could just leave the phone there and I could just get on with my day. So I didn't have to, it was a very sort of non-labor intensive way to nah. really drum up, go viral, but it didn't. It didn't work really smarter, work. not harder. hundred yeah. percent. Work soft, play yep. soft. That's my motto. Um, Shawnee, <laughs> hey, are, are you done now? Do you want to go away or do you want to just hang around for an hour? What's I'm, up with you? No, nah, I'm, I'm done now, lads. I've got to go get prepared to get the ass tomorrow. So uh, I'm going to get the wall paint on. Be ready. Marvellous. Would you keep saying... Uh, I, 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 it's not a word I would repeat on the radio, but I was just checking. Was that what he was saying, Gibbo? Was he saying the word I was thinking he was saying? Is that yeah, a, backside, is, yeah. Is that a phrase in Australia yeah. to, to get sacked? Uh, yeah. uh, Gibbo would tell us. Gibbo, is, is this right? I think that's a phrase, a little bit like when you're talking about active support. So that was That's more of an Australian phrase over here. But I think that yeah. phrase that Sean used referred to the fact of maybe, um, you know, you, you get relieved of your duties of, of, of your uh, vocation. And, some, and sometimes right. as well, when you've maybe punted too much on the weekend, you've done in your... Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what people oh, say like that okay. too. Because yeah. in, in my country, to get, the, to get that was just to get annoyed with someone. You've just right. got the okay. with yeah. someone, you know, but I don't yeah. I don't have that. On the subject of active, Sean, thanks so much, by the way. You can go. It's, uh, you're free to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my, my pleasure. Chat tomorrow. No worries, Thank Sean. You very much, Sean. Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say, Buzz, but it was very important. Uh, I think active, <laughs> you just mentioned, that's all. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. active fans, it's a very interesting phrase, active for support. Yeah. And in many ways, the broadcasting that we've done this week is active. And I yeah. think tomorrow we should try passive, passive okay. broadcasting and see okay, how right. that goes. Should we all give right. it a... Okay, that's. Great. I think so. I think yeah, so. Well, think we tried. So. Uh, I mean, have we got any more people ringing? The, the poetic uh, thing in sport that was really good, good, wasn't it? Great, it really ran. That, that was that great. Phone in ran for have we two got, minutes yeah, at three yeah, twenty. Exactly. Um, it was one of my favourite right? phone ins as well. Um, sports yeah. bet with mates. Start your group. Bet together. Share the moment. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. After the break, everybody, it's mm. the drive quiz. Uh, thanks to Imar ins- Insurance. Two pillows. Thanks to Spinalies. Visit spinalies.com.au. Pair of Blundstone nine eight seven boots. Gibbo, are we giving them away today, or is this is this to, to for the grand final tomorrow? All for the What's grand the final r- tomorrow. It's all for the grand final tomorrow. You get the you get Excellent. the joy of you get to prepare overnight. If you qualify for the final, obviously tonight you carb load. Brilliant. You have a really good rest. You get in the zone tomorrow morning. You have a little nap. You go for a walk. You get out. You cross that white line tomorrow for the IMR Insurance. 
quiz to win those pillows, those boots. It's life-changing, especially if you don't currently own pillows or boots. It will be a huge moment for you. But if you would like to play the quiz today, the phone number, one 1170 to join the Drive Quiz. And the first question... The question to qualify for the quiz, which we'll do in just five minutes' time. Who did the Sydney Sixers lose to in the Big Bash final? Who did the Sydney Sixers lose to in the Big Bash final? one three hundred zero one eleven seventy one three hundred zero one eleven seventy to join the drive quiz. The question, who did the Sydney Sixers lose to in the Big Bash final? We'll do the quiz in just a second. Introducing the all-new Hyundai Staria Load. It's got loads of everything your business needs to grow. Back to work with Blunstons and Toby Price. Win a VIP Fink Desert Race Adventure. Summer Drive on SEN. Uh, Summer Drive on SEN. Uh, the IMR quiz coming up. The phone number one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. If you want to qualify, who did the Sydney Sixers? Sydney Sixers lose to in the Big Bash final. One three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Um, let's play it. The drive quiz for IMR Trades Insurance. Get an instant quote. Pay the premium at imr.com.au or call 13IMAR. The SEN Drive Quiz for IMAR Trades Insurance. Get an instant quote and pay the premium at imr.com.au or call 13IMAR. Now the trade is mate. That's IMAR. Gold Coast, welcome, Chris. All right, boys. How you going? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Um, it's a big moment. Uh, it's a big moment for you, Chris. Um, have you ever had a pillow or boots before in your life? No, but I need them both. Oh, there you go. So the, well, we've got this is a perfect quiz for you then. The prizes are absolutely right up your street. This is your chance to qualify for the grand final. Boz, are you excited about the quiz? That's great. I mean, uh, uh, Boz, Boz has turned his microphone off, but, you know, that's fine. I'll tell you what, Chris, you and I will just crack on while Boz Absolutely. sorts that out. There you are, Boz. Yeah. Yeah, you're back, Boz. Absolutely excited. Yeah. Yeah. Excited. Yeah, good, excited good. every day. Yeah, of course. And, and very excited. Is Boz, is, Boz, is Boz putting out the 700 bucks cash today as well? Yeah, Boz. Well, of course. But we, have we, to, we just have to make yeah. sure it's okay. Uh, ben and Gibbo are going to talk, talk about us from the uh, legal perspective. Yeah, absolutely right. Listen, I'm, I, what, what we'll do is I don't know why, but but whatever. That's what if they it's told not legal. If it's not legal, we'll find out where you live, and one night, Boz and I will drive to your house and just throw hundred dollar bills at you until it's got to seven hundred. Is that okay, Chris? <laughs> okay, done. Here we go then. Question one in the IMR Trades Insurance Quiz: Who did the Sydney Sixers lose to in the Big Bash final? Perth Gulches is the correct answer. Yes. Yes. Uh, shall I do all the questions, Boz, or do you want to join in? Do you want to do a question? Uh, I'll go. Uh, uh, where is the next World Cup going to be played in what country? World Cup of what sport? Uh, sorry, of football. Soccer. Sorry. Uh, God, I don't know. Rhymes a bit with guitar. Oh, guitar. Correct answer. Yeah. Well done. You're good at this. <laughs> oh, you get like this really subtle. Uh, I knew. I knew it was hot. So I was close. Yeah, yeah. So look, well done there. Um, it next question. Be there. It should be in Australia. Well, it, you're absolutely right. It certainly shouldn't be there. Uh, it's another story. Uh, which which oval is today's Australia England one day international game being played? Oh. Oh, is it Monica? That's where they were the other day. I'm not 100% yes. sure. Yes. Um, how many questions have we done so far? 
How many have we done? Three. Oh, oh that's the of, of one. Ah, <laughs> yes, he's won. Look at that. <laughs> oh, we love that one on Chris on the Gold Coast. Won the quiz. Is that right, Gibbo? Uh, he said he'd won. Do we give him that? Or do yeah, I have three. to ask some more questions? No, I think you've got to ask more questions, oh, Max. Come on. Chris. We don't okay. just give it away easy. This is a place in the grand final, Max. We don't yeah. give out this right, every day. Okay. Have you got another what one? Will be the name, yeah, what will be the name of the new rugby league team that will be admitted into the competition next season from Queensland? What will be the name of the new rugby league team that will be admitted into the NRL next season? The Dolphins. Exactly right. Okay, and this one then to get into the quiz. How many times have I worn a top hat? Never. Once, twice, or three times? One. Correct answer. Yeah. I've only worn a top hat once. It's true. I've got one very posh friend and it was his wedding. It was really impractical. But it is the correct answer, Chris. Well done. Congratulations. Sorry to all the other well callers. Done, Chris. But Chris did incredibly Thank well you. there. Um, yeah, Love so you, Or win a signed photo Thank of me you. in a top hat and, uh, and all those other things. $700 unconfirmed. And you'll be in the grand final tomorrow. So answer your phone tomorrow, please. Otherwise, the grand final quiz will be... Uh, trickier. Coming up after the break, comedian Celtic fan Jim Burke will join us after that great win for Ange Postacoglu's Celtic in the Glasgow Derby. Drive on SEN, Max Rushton, Marks Bodznich. That's his name. It's sort of something, I'm mean, sorry, it's getting late in the show now, isn't it? I can't get everything right, Bozza. Um, we're here till six, trying to get sacked so we don't have to turn up tomorrow, Friday. We're on a day off. Don't we have four days in a row, Boz? It's extraordinary, yeah. the professionalism from the two of us. You can't, and I mean, honestly... Been- Yes. Intensity. Yeah. It's, it's just been it has, That's it, all. It's it, got to it accept it. It's just natural. That's all. Uh, now, big That's win for Celtic against Rangers. Massive. Um, and Postacoglu doing an incredible job there. Let's talk mm. to a Celtic fan, a comedian, a friend of mine, Jim Burke, who's over in the UK. Jim, how are you, mate? I'm surprisingly chipper, Max. I'm surprisingly chipper. <laughs> I thought you might be. Now, Jim, I'm going to take you back to May the, 29th, May the 29th, 2021. Where Rich Bayliss, who's uh, uh, you know worked at Optus now works um, uh, for the A League, uh, put out a big thread about Ange Postacoglu, and I said, look, really good thread on Ange for Celtic fans who happen to be awake this early. Um, and the first response from was from you, and it said, I know you're trying to cheer us up, but it's not going to work. So, do you have some humble pie to eat now, James? <laughs> oh, I have to, Mike. There are very few. Apart from saying I do at least two of my weddings, the most horrific thing I've said is I'm going to have to say is, Max, you're right. Thank you so much. Oh, man. Thanks for you your time. What? Thanks oh, for joining us this afternoon. It, it's a sign of a true man that he can admit things like that and, and to pay pay homage to the, to the person like he just did right now. So so just be nice about it, Max. Yeah. Jim, how, I mean, how good? They were so good yesterday. First half were unbelievable, weren't they? Absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I've I've been at games where I've been, we've been on the, we've, we've given Rangers a tanking and I've been at games where they've given us a tanking, but I don't think that first half, you know, Rangers, I think one shot in target and mm. five, five nil at half time would not have flattered us, you know, because uh, McGregor had about three or four really, really good saves. You know, mm. really good saves, and but not just that. Rangers just, I mean, they they, they absolutely throws. Um, they throws. I felt the young lad. Um, I actually, you can get too carried away, and you look at 
too many little things when the game when the game started. I watched young Ahmad, the lad they've got from United, and I watched him coming out and looking around, and I thought his his backside's gone here. And then when the when the camera <laughs> panned to line up, Barisic kind of grabbed him and gave him a hug as much yeah. as it's going to be okay. And I think now yeah. Mark's played in enough big games to know. That's not what you do. You've got to just front it up. That even if you are inside, your knees are going and whatever. You front it up. And I thought that that's not a good sign. So even that little bit right at the beginning kind of, you know, really kind of unwound me. No, well, not that much with yeah. you, but I thought <laughs> they don't fancy this. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. That's that was exactly my thoughts as well. Um, and they look absolutely shell shocked and. The, the young boy from United, Diallo, is who you're talking about. And what I want to ask, obviously, a lot of the headlines were will be for about Abade and Hatate were absolutely excellent, who got two goals. But another chap you just mentioned there, Josip Juranovic, he was absolutely outstanding, James. He was incredible. He was incredible. I mean, he... I, 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 I want to make this an Ange Lovin because I love him, but I don't want to make it an Ange Lovin because... Max will just look even smugger than he normally does. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but he he just gets players, this is your job, this is what you do. And he he was brilliant. And the boy on the other side as well, Taylor, who, to be honest, not a lot of Celtic fans fancied him, you know, and, and, and really didn't have a lot. He was magnificent as well because they just, they just follow orders. They just understand what Ange wants from them. And they carry out to the letter. And, and when it goes the way it does in that first half, we'd have been a match for anybody last night. Do you, um, I mean, can you just put into context for, for listeners over here who don't perhaps follow, probably a lot of listeners would have started following Celtic because Postacoglu's got the job, right? For them, give us an idea of what sort of situation Celtic were in. Because my understanding is they were in a really bad place at the start of this season and uh, or you know towards the end of last season for well, him to have got them to this stage to get to the top of the league even competing with rangers is is some achievement it's incredible because it's it's effectively a whole new team and again just if if, if they're listening to you they're probably fans of the english premiership imagine that city had won the league by 25 goals last season yeah or 25 points last season and second-placed Liverpool basically sold or got rid of most of their players and brought in a whole new team. And at, Chris, at this time of the season, they were top of the league. It, it's, it's astounding. And and although it's league, the pressure and the size of those two clubs bring an incredible, incredible pressure because every loss is a disaster. Every draw is a disaster. I mean, Mark played for, even when Mark was playing for United, or sorry, playing for Villa, he would go to Anfield and get a draw and the fans would be very, very happy with that. Or they would go to Old Trafford and get a draw and be happy with that. That that doesn't happen in Scotland. If you're playing, if you're Celtic or Rangers, a draw is a disaster. It's a disaster yes. and it's, and two, or, two defeats or two bad results in a row is a crisis. Mm. You know, and, and to be where Celtic are at the moment. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. And I remember at the start when Ange first went there and, and people were asking me that is exact same question. I said, well, it's a different story up there. There are two teams up there. 
and it's either it's either win or you're a failure and that's a different type of pressure in itself people don't realize that but there's 14 games to go uh celtic have hit the lead now with one point there'll still be a lot of twists and turns but won't there absolutely i mean our next two games will be at third park which can be always a wee bit to and then we're at Pitodri. now that's as i said earlier on i draw in one of those two games and everybody's, you know, and and momentum can change again, you know. So yeah, it's 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 incredible pressure. But I'll tell you what, I'm absolutely here for it. You know, I'm mm. absolutely here for it. After the debacle of last season, just to be where we are is just fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> there's a weird right. I've I've been learning about the A League here, right, Jim? And there's this weird thing called uh, sort of active fans, and they and you know the, the fans who shout and sing and dance have sort of been, in a way, it seems sort of forced out of the game. It's become very sanitised, and and the thought of that when you looked at that atmosphere yesterday, it oh, is, yeah. it you know just the when the Celtic fan, you know, the Celtic part, right? They're all singing "You'll Never Walk Alone." That noise is just something else, isn't it? It's incredible, and to be honest with you, I I. I because I worked, I, I had a ticket for the game and, and didn't go up, right? Stupidly didn't go up. But <laughs> I have to say, for all the atmosphere there was last night, it's absolutely reduced by not having a huge bank of Rangers fans in the corner because that adds another level to it. Because, trust me, there is no, for, as a Celtic fan, there is no better place in the world to be than in the Broom Loan stand at Ibrooks when you're winning. Because you've got three sides of the stadium staring at you, hating you, and you are just giving it to them absolutely tight. And that, that, that brings a different atmosphere. And so, yeah, the atmosphere was great. It even came across the telly. But it would have been so much better if, um, if they'd had away fans there because the, the, the taunting level would have been off the charts last night. It really would have been, and Jim, you know, just giving it to them yeah. absolutely neat. And Jim, can you explain to our listeners here in Australia, because a lot of them will be unaware as to the reason why um, Rangers fans weren't allowed at Celtic Park and vice versa when you played them at Ibrox early in the stadium, uh, early in the season, sorry. Well, Rangers took the decision to reduce the Celtic allocation to 800. And that came after a succession of Dunes that we gave them at Ibrooks, and you know, as I said earlier on, the Celtic fans didn't hold back in letting them know that their team were getting a doing, and I just think it was like we can't, we can't have this. This is our stadium, and they are absolutely ripping us a new one. And it was, it, it, it was a stupid decision by them. I, I mean, it's, it was short term. I'm sure if they knew that they were going to make such an improvement and that they would get an ascendancy back in relatively short order. They wouldn't have do it. They wouldn't have done it. I just think they thought we we could be we could be in for a lot of this, so let's just try and give ourselves as much of an advantage as possible and let's not be having that full end, you know, giving it to his neat, you know, and I'm sure Rangers if you've got a Rangers fan on who especially last season, I know the crowds weren't allowed in. But a Rangers fan would say, I mean, my best mate Brian's a, a Rangers fan, he says that Celtic Park, in that corner at Celtic Park, when you're beating Celtic, there's no better place to be in the world, you know, in an old firm game if you're a Rangers fan watching your team beating Celtic at their own stadium. 
Yeah. It's so precious, isn't it? Football clubs get precious about things. And it's really tiring, isn't it? Because, you know, fans know. Of course, there's always fans going to misbehave, right? There's always. But you can't, you know, it shouldn't. clubs shouldn't be allowed to just change the allocation, right? The allocation should be set by the league and you should have to stick to them. Frankly, um, I've said my piece. Um, uh, now, listen, if, if you win the league, right, whoever wins the league gets automatic qualification for the Champions League, uh, which yes. incidentally is live on Stan Sport. Yes. Brilliant coverage. It's extraordinary coverage. It's second to none in Australia at the moment. Um, you can get a free seven-day trial, stan.com.au. But like, how big is that? To not have to qualify for the Champions League, you know, not to have to go through those qualifiers, if you win the league, to go straight into that. I mean, financially, it's enormous, isn't it? Well, that there, you use the word there. Financially, it's enormous. Truthfully, Scot- Scottish teams are not equipped to the champ. The Champions League, especially the initial group stages, they become a procession. And even when you've got, you know, Britain's most average broadcaster trying to make it sound good for the Australian audience, <laughs> you know that those first round of games. You know that those uh, first those first round of games where there was very very little in the way of drama, very little in the way of. I mean, I'll contest that this season. I've said it in the past. This season, yeah, this season, it's been good. I'm not just saying that. This season has been surprisingly good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, but but and I think we know that that without getting too, um, you know, any too much kind of. Too kind of carried away. The bigger clubs are just getting bigger, and yeah. the smaller clubs are just getting smaller, and that's very much reflected in the Champions League. Financially, it'd be great for Celtic. I'm sure we would take a we'd take a few we'd take a few kickings. Um, I genuinely believe that actually Europa League League is more our, our level, um, mm-hmm. but don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love to be in that draw. Absolutely love it. Um, and uh, yeah, we would too, because if uh, Angie's manager of Celtic next season, which I presume you will, that would be uh, good for our <laughs> viewing figures, won't it, uh, Bozza? Uh, Jim, thanks for coming on, mate. You can go back to bed. Thank Absolutely you so much. No problem. Jim. Take care, pal. Uh, Take Jim, care. Cheers, Matt. No problem. Hail, hail. Comedian, Celtic fan, happy man. Um, happy, got a few happy. digs in as well. Did his yeah. job there, didn't he, Jim? Well, that's, a, that's a good point, uh, Max. A lot of people have obviously missed that point because the, because the Scottish coefficients are, are at a level now where uh, their league winners will go directly into the Champions League. It, it makes the battle for the title even even bigger than... I mean, it's it's always huge, but even bigger now. And and the fact that, like Jim said, you know, 25 points they were behind Rangers last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it did seem a little bit of a mess, you know, obviously a little bit COVID-inspired uh, with the no crowds and this, that, and the other. And then Eddie Howe said he was going to come, and then last minute he pulled out, and then Ange came in, and there was a lot of people that were doubting, including Jim, but fair play to him for putting his hand up. Um, but this this is really looking like a fairy tale story. But just to add, just to keep it all level, um, it is a long way to go. 14 games is absolutely huge, a long, long way to go. Both teams are still in Europe, um, so there'll be a lot of twists and turns still. 100%. You mentioned coefficients. What's this show's coefficient? We'll find out in the debrief in just a second. Introducing the all-new Hyundai Staria Load. It's got loads of everything your business needs to grow. Back to work with Blunstons and Toby Price. Win a VIP Fink Desert Race Adventure. Summer Drive on SEN. Now, summer Drive on SEN, thanks to Hyundai. Uh, Hyundai, I, just, I did it right every time, this whole show. That, that'll go in the debrief, or the all-new. 
Hyundai, Staria load fits in everything. And Blundstone, back to work with Blundstone and Toby Price. So, here for the debrief then to work out if this radio programme was any good and was worth doing or not. Give O present. Present. Uh, Silent Ben, present. Present. Mark Bosnich, present. Yeah. Excellent news. Uh, let's start with you, Ben. Uh, you're in charge of the show today. Um, mm. I'd like you to, just you to start the debrief, please. Well... Um, I know you guys have been hoping to be sacked uh, by uh, by tomorrow morning, so you could go on yes, a, big, a long if lunch. Yep. Um, so I had some unfortunate news that you guys have done so well today that you're going to be back. But then, but then <sighs> oh, Justin yeah. Avendano came on after four o'clock. How good was Justin? He's so, he so I'm going to pitch that he does the drive show tomorrow afternoon. Oh, that's a great and, idea. Uh, and you guys go out for your long lunch. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, who's plus he's, do plus it his with? own fishing show. He needs his own yeah. fishing show. How good was he? Unreal. Yeah, he was he was excellent actually. So is that confirmed? Because I've got you know I've just got things to do. I've got to reply to a quote for the plumber for the roof. Um, and yeah, I've just got got quite a lot to do. I've got to move stuff out of one of the bedrooms because the, we're having the carpet taken up and getting the floorboards recovered. So can I can I can take tomorrow off? Eighty percent confirmed. I'll, I'll confirm Eight. by two fifty nine tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Yes. Give out thoughts. Yes. Great show, guys. Bozart. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't ask you the hard questions today, and I thought it was a much better buzzer, if I'm honest. Max, ranting a little too much, maybe, at the texters. Southern Rooster is a great guy. He's a really good friend of the show, and I think he was just taking the PI double five out of you. Okay. Oh, you think so? I took it too seriously, did I? Sometimes I can get self-righteous. Well, it is true. But to be fair, to be fair, and uh, Gibbo, if Southern Rooster is taking, uh, if Southern Rooster is joking, he should make that quite apparent because these mm. are serious subjects. He know? should put in brackets and, joke uh, emojis. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because yeah. I don't have when a very talking about. I don't, yeah, when yeah. you when you're talking about serious subjects, I, that's yeah. I was just having that conversation before um, with my good fiance Sarah because I, I did another rapper today and, and fortunately, <laughs> touch wood, I was negative. But yeah. as I was coming in, I just looked at her face and she went, oh. And, and she said, see, I'm just joking. I said, well, I said, on serious subjects like that, I'd, I'd rather not. So it's the same for Southern Rooster. Okay. No you problem say, whatsoever, um, mate. But just just put those little joke emojis on what that's going to be. Because they're yeah, serious subjects, a, you know? Yeah, yeah. Come on, Southern. Um, you say Sarah's your good fiance. Do you have a bad one, Boz? Uh, no, I don't. But, no, okay. Just checking. Uh, I, always, just checking. I always preface her name uh, with, with something positive because she's, yeah, she's a lovely influence on my life. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's yeah. been a great influence on the buzzer. No. Hasn't she? Uh, have you got any thoughts on the show, Buzz? Um, I, I thought today was, was a more of a obviously a calm show, but that was inevitable mm. after what happened uh, against Oman. That was always going to happen, and mm. some of those things need to be brought to the attention, not only of the football people but of the general public of, of actually what's going on. Because mm-hmm. the bottom line is, football is one of the few sports here in this country which goes on a worldwide stage, and we are representing Australia regardless of where we're originally from. And I think mm. it's very important for Australia to be represented well on the world stage in something that's so important to them, which is sport. I thought today was, was a far karma and much yeah. more. And, and you know, we had Louis on, who was great for the active support, and also Doctor as well, um, Piercy, who was absolutely fantastic about the yeah. concussion. These are serious yeah. subjects. Yeah, my, my feedback is that when we're doing the debrief, Bozza starts adding content into the show, and you can't have content in the debrief because otherwise, then it's the show, and this isn't part of the show. This is the debrief for the yeah. show. It's not the show. The show is what we've done for the last two hours and 45 right. minutes. This is just checking if it was any good or not, and if we're going to come back tomorrow. Like, we otherwise, we lose our train of thought, and then we haven't had a debrief. Then we have to have a show after a debrief after the show, and we can't have a debrief after the show because they locked the car park at six, and I need to get home. So I've got a bolognese out of the freezer.
When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.